Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 95 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our nearly 180,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in all 95 total countries in which you are listening, and this is our 2022 Quad Cross of Nations review show. For the fourth consecutive time, Team USA set sail across the Atlantic Ocean and won the Quad Cross of Nations on European soil. Yes, I'm sure all of you know this by now, Team USA overcame early heartbreak to win the 2022 Quad Cross of Nations, and we're going to dig into everything that went down in the Czech Republic in the episode ahead. Our very own Casey Greek, who is wrenching for Bryce Ford at this event, of course, starts us off by chatting about his experience and taking us behind the scenes with Team USA leading up to and through this iconic event. After that first segment, we'll dive into Sunday's racing with team members Chad Weenan and Bryce Ford as we discuss all the craziness of race day, all the craziness that went down, and we'll conclude the episode by wrapping up the event as a whole. With that, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners before dropping the gate on the final race review episode of the season. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thank you, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymower Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrative Financial Concepts and their safety to race and safe to ride insurance programs, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped's signature line, the Performance Package 4.0, includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer that I rely on to help keep my beard on point, the best nose hair trimmer ever created, and an array of goodies like deodorant, boxer briefs, a travel bag, and more. So check out Manscaped, I wish I would have sooner, and get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is invested in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. So help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV Racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know that you enjoy Digging Deep and what we're all about here. Support all these great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The 2022 season may have come to an end. The banquet is this weekend, but we're still doing some riding guys fall riding is the best so whether it's for fall riding or already prepping for next season you know that's important too we both know you still need parts and gear no matter what off-road gear parts you need rocky mountain atbmc has you covered but before you buy simply click that rocky mountain atbmc banner on our website by using our specific link we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway and did you know that you can buy oem parts from rocky mountain atbmc as well 
Yep, ship conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. No new donors to shout out this week, but we appreciate all of you that continue to donate, our regular donators, so much. And if you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all of you who have donated. You guys freaking rock. We appreciate it so much. But now, it is showtime. The 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, boy, have I been looking forward to this conversation back in the States after a come from behind victory for Team USA at the 2022 Quad Cross of Nations brought to you by Blenders Eyewear. Use discount code DiggingDeep20 at BlendersEyewear.com from Impact Solutions and Mechanic in triumphant fashion for Team USA member Bryce Ford last week in the Czech Republic. Say hello to Mr. Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? Congrats on the wind, my friend. It has to, uh, has to feel like you're still riding that. That high i'm sure yeah for sure you know thanks for having me on i'm excited to talk about this one and kind of get you know maybe some inside view on you know how things go over there but yeah absolutely a cloud nine you know just you know thank you to bryce and the entire ford program you know for letting me and trusting me to come over there with bryce and and be his mechanic and stuff and it was cool to shake off the wrenches a little bit and you know, pull out the old pit board and wave a towel a little bit. It, it was cool. I, you know, it's at times I was thinking in my head, like, do I still got it? You know, before <laughs> I ever went over there, do I do I remember how to do this? You know, and I've always kind of been known for a pretty like aggressive mechanic, like mm-hmm. say in the mechanic area or the signal area or right. on the starting line. And like, you know, one of the things John's all, John always told me and even Doug, like, my my talks before the gate you know were always something that they look forward to so i'm like do i still have all that same shit like <laughs> i need to go back you know i and and really kind of refire those cylinders so it came back just like riding a bike um awesome had a great time with bryce and and the whole crew over there so i'm, I'm excited to dig into this thing yeah, me too, man. It was so cool seeing you share those pictures kind of side by side of you back in the day with Digger, uh, you know, doing the pit board for him and then side by side with the photo of you doing Bryce's pit board now at the Quad Cross of Nations. It was so cool. Like someone sent me that picture. Oh, one of the guys from over in Europe, a photographer mm-hmm. over there, mm-hmm. he sent that he sent that to me on Instagram or I found it or whatever. And I looked at it and I was like, I've seen that picture before. But, it, you know, obviously it wasn't wearing the same colors mm-hmm. and I was, you know, 16 right. years younger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, and so I went back to the ATV riders, like analogs and found that picture again. And so I was like, I got to put that up. Like, how do you not? Like, that's pretty cool. How cool is that? Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the things that I was thinking. And and I assumed that and it's funny you comment on this, but because I leading up to the event, I had thought like. Casey at some point is probably going to question as it gets closer. Cause we're all human, right? You start to, you start to, you know, the gears start to turn and you start to think about what you're about to, you know, kind of embark on and all these things. And I'm like, man, at some point he's going to be like, man, it's been a while since I've done this. So, uh, so yeah, just awesome thing. It's one of those things. It's just like a rider, right? Where if it's in your blood, um, if it's something that you truly enjoy doing, you just hop right back in. And like you said, it's like riding a bike. So I felt like that photo kind of 
uh, kind of encompassed, right? This whole thing of you just thrusting yourself right back into being a mechanic again. And, um, and yeah, I said to you before we started recording this, I, I thought that this is just a cool, such a cool opportunity to be able to sit back and listen to you and what you experienced there. I mean, obviously you're a, you're a regular, I would love to see how many episodes you've been on with us at this point. Um, but, but also, you know, you're, so you're a regular to the show, but you're also going to be an insider and a mechanic at the, at the quad cross of nations event. Just what a cool opportunity for us. And, and last we talked to you, you were just, you know, within a day or two of heading off to Europe. Um, so obviously very much looking forward to at that time, this conversation now, now we're here. So, uh, we'll take this thing kind of step-by-step on how everything went down, but starting at the top, tell me about the flight uh, across the pond. I didn't know how long of a flight it was. And then, you know, kind of your first impressions of the Czech Republic. Yeah, I mean, flight was fine. I'm leaving Sunday now and there, Monday. So I get into Prague, and so it's a huge city. Mm-hmm. It's like a Chicago, a New York. Like, it, it's a big city. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this ain't that bad. Like, it, it, it ain't that different. And I've been to Europe, so I kind of know what to expect in some sense. Mm-hmm. But I had never been to the Czech Republic. So we dip over, get to the town that we're staying in. Awesome place that we stayed at. It's like a big old-school castle. It was pink, which was odd, okay. but everyone was kind of there by that point. So next day, we go out to the container, get the bikes out, go through the bikes, little odds and end things, get everything kind of settled in. So then we can go for Wednesday for our, you know, to actually go ride the bikes. Well, here come the rain. And so then it's a big question. Are we actually going to be able to go ride at this place, you know, on Wednesday? So the riders, team manager and Harv, all had to go to a press conference, which I think a lot of people seen the pictures of. Yep. Which were, you know, was really cool to do. It's in Prague, so it was like a two-hour drive. So we, the mechanics and all of us, we all loaded up and went and loaded bikes up and got everything ready and went out to the track that we're going to test at and waited for the riders and Mark and everyone to get back from the press day thing, which the press day thing, I guess it went really well. You know, obviously we weren't there. We didn't get to see that part of it. But we ended up, figuring out a part of the track they did a little bit of work on the track that we were going to ride at and we got to ride for i don't know i think we rode 10 15 minutes each just to make sure everything was good you know the bikes have been sitting in the container for you know pretty much a couple months baldwin prepared an excellent machine not a single problem all weekend long and that really solidified making my job easy mm-hmm. um, not to say that the other bikes weren't prepared excellent Mm-hmm. either i mean they were all prepared you know obviously these guys are you know gary built joel's bike before it went over and and they didn't have any issues with it and, you know chad had that one issue which we'll get to later but it, it was just a fluke thing it wasn't anything to do with prep of the machine so sure. i should say so really the test day was pretty low key the next day we showed up, we washed bikes, changed oils, clutches, did all the stuff, get everything ready to go for tech on Friday. So Thursday was just kind of a prep day, and we got done early. And that's kind of where, like, it was like the cool day, in a sense, to get to go sightsee a little bit, get to enjoy the afternoon. So we got done, we got bikes prepped, everyone was done, we put everything away, the easy ups were all set up, table covers were all put on, I mean, carved has that container and, it, and it's really cool like there's nice workbenches in there there's everything you need in that thing 
you know, we have, you know, snacks, everything that's all lined out. And Harv does 99% of that stuff. I mean, Sherry and Cindy obviously help out tremendously with that. But, I mean, you can ask, you know, where's the extra rolls of toilet paper? Harv's, like, far back right corner, this toe with number three on it. Like, he just knows. Like, he, he has that thing licked. And so that was really comforting because for us walking in there, we'd never been in that container before. So we didn't know what we were walking into mm-hmm. or, you know, where anything's at. And he had every rider stuff situated. He had all of our parts. You know, this is Bryce's parts here. This is Chad's parts here. And in their in their totes and everything was labeled and really, really fine-tuned. So by the time we got all that stuff done, we had a little bit of time left in the afternoon. And I wanted to go get some stuff for the kids and the wife and, you know, just something from over there to bring home. So picked out some little trinkets and stuff for the kids and then pretty much went straight back to the hotel. And then we had our big team dinner. And that was kind of when... Pretty much everyone was there. All the riders were there. Everyone kind of came together. We went to a really cool restaurant. And that was really cool for the vibe. We all went and took a picture by, like, this big water fountain that's in the center of the city. And that it's starting to build. You can feel, you know, everything's starting to build. And you're getting that, not pressure, but, like, the hype is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, all the riders are there. You're, you're sitting there watching, you know, Chad and Joel and Bryce like shoot the shit with each other, which isn't something that you're going to see mm-hmm. on a normal basis. You know, those guys are in Bryce's ear talking to him like, you know, Hey, like don't worry about, you know, practice. It's just practice. And, you know, they're just, we're talking about it. We're kind of strategizing, you know, how many pipes we're going to check and different things that are going on. So yeah, you, you start to feel the energy rolling towards, okay, this is really a race. We're not just here and, and goofing off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's Tuesday here for the listeners. Um, it's Tuesday here as we're recording this thing and gloops, rip it up films, part one segment of, of his team USA video coverage just dropped this morning. So as I was preparing for this conversation and, and, um, preparing to, you know, assemble this review show for you guys, it was, it was a ton of fun to see that. And we kind of saw up until, up until kind of the, the tech day basically. And what kind of stood out to me, you know, watching everybody walk around and and I'm sure you guys were too, you know, you're wearing all your team USA garb, you're wearing, you know, you, a team USA branded stuff, uh, branded clothing and jackets and stuff like that hats. And, and that's just gotta be the coolest thing. I mean, that's kind of what stood out to me, especially like at the, at the test track, you know, you can see uh, people watching on it's, it's just like, it's like, man, here, like everybody's so accessible and over there, you know, the, everybody that has anything to do with ATV racing is just so hyped to see team USA. And then for you, Casey, I mean, not only are you wearing team USA branded stuff, which is a really cool thing, but also like to just be a part of that, to be a part of the American crew that's, you know, traveled across the, you know, halfway across the world to, to race the Europeans on European soil to be a part of that just has to be, has to be the coolest thing. We've talked about how cool it was going to be. And then as that process starts and, and you're saying the anticipation is building. That's just gotta be, again, that has to be the most special, special feeling. It's gotta be such an honor. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 you know, you kind of wear, you know, when you go down the town, because we were so far from the actual racetrack. So we weren't seeing racers. We're pretty much seeing locals. And so you kind of have to walk a fine line. Like they can already look at you and tell you, 
or tell that you're not from there. And then you just like roll in like an American flag. Okay. Yeah. Most, most of the welcomes are very welcoming and they're, and they're pretty cool with you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you got to kind of walk a fine line there. Like you don't want to overdo it. Got it. In some of these little towns where, you know, so you know, you'd wear a hat or a hoodie or, you know, whatever, but you weren't kind of done head to toe until come to like tech day. Got it. What I must've seen Casey on the video was the guys going to the press conference thing. Then. Conference, so, yeah. so seeing yeah. that, you so know, like, seeing that mob of, you know, team USA guys was pretty cool. But now that you say that, I fully understand not wanting to walk into a little cafe and be like, you know, we're Americans kind of thing. I, I totally get that too. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's pretty obvious for the most part, you know, they, you know, and obviously you don't speak the language and you're, you speak English. And they're like, no, do you speak Czech? You're like, I wish at this point, like it would make my life a little easier. But, you know, thank God for Google Translate. We, we made it through no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we didn't have any real like over the top hiccups because of the language barrier, mainly because you have like, you know, Google Translate. Mm-hmm. You can take a picture of a menu and it translates it over to English for you. Like, it, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Wow, wow. Like, I didn't know, you know that. Not, oh, yeah. Like, and they didn't, like, last time I was in Europe, it was 12 years ago or 10 years ago. Different times. And so we didn't we didn't have that kind of stuff. But luckily, I had people with me that translate very well for me. So it's no big deal. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, so come, you know, tech day when we're there and we're, you know, yeah. It, and then when you're at that track, like you wear the red, white, and blue so proud, and everybody looks at you like they just because I mean these guys they love American ATV motocross, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in the U.S. and and just as much as we love it, and the fans are so intense over there, and they're and they're so cool. The kids, I mean, they're just they idolize our riders, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know. And even our, our crew, like everyone, like, you know, they're coming up and talking to us. They want to hear from us. They want to know, you know, all about the machines. They want to know, you know, why, why is that pipe blue? But the one I get is gray and they, they just, they're so involved and so, you know, right there with you. So yeah, when you get there, it's like, you're full nines. Like we're coordinating hats every night with each other. Like, I'm wearing my jacket, not my hoodie. Like we're, we're making sure like we're trying to look the best we can. And, and that was really cool, you know, part of it. And it's a very, very proud feeling to walk in to a motocross track and represent our country. It's Mm -hmm. probably, you know, it's stacked pretty high up there in my, you know, in the things that I've gotten to accomplish and and achieve in this industry and, and what I've got to do. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, for sure. It's gotta be. And and I'm such a, I'm such a nerd for like two wheeled, you know, motocross, supercross too, and motocross of nations, obviously. And, you know, when I think of that, we've, we got this now with ATVs, you know, that we go over to the quad cross of nations. Yeah, yeah. This. It's so cool. It's so cool because again, like you see we've, and we've talked about this, but you see the trickle down effect of not only how much those uh, European ATV fans and racers love to see our guys over there, you guys over there, but also the bridge that we're starting to see on those Euro guys coming here too. Like it's just such an awesome thing for, you know, kind of worldwide ATV racing, ATV motocross racing. It's just such a, it's such a cool thing. 
thing. And like I said, uh, to nerd out on it, to see, you know, just to see all the Team USA branded ATV stuff. If you would have told us 10 years ago that, you know, we have a motocross of nations for quads that Team USA is going to and supporting, like, I think we would have all, at least I would have, I would have been blindsided by that. I didn't know that there was such a thing or would be such a thing. And the fact that we have this now is so cool. And just even for us, like all the coverage, the talking about it, the previews, the reviews, all this stuff, like, man, it's just been so much fun. And I think for a lot of people like you and I, um, a lot of it is just because we're so darn proud of our guys. You know, we're proud of the people that they are, the way they represent us as Americans. And then we're just so proud of our country. I mean, it's just, again, it's, uh, it's the coolest thing. Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, I look at it the same way, you know, as you do. Like, I'm fully into the dirt bike stuff and the, the MXO, you know, MX Nations. And, you know, we were we were checking updates and keeping an eye on those guys while we were over there, too. So, hey, hey, uh, time out for one second. So, so this worked out so cool. Um, you guys started racing there on Sunday. The first moto was when Brooke and I left the house to head to Redbud for the motocross of nations. So like literally we're pulling out of the driveway and moto one is happening for you guys. And we actually, so I watch every moto on the drive over there and all three motos. And when we get over there, I actually had to like drive by Redbud and like go park in a, in a, like a town hall little place, like just down the road so that I wouldn't lose service. So I could watch the end of the third moto for you guys over there. So first of all, it, it worked out sweet for me to be able to watch the quads quad cross of nations before, you know, going in and seeing motocross of nations in person. And then for them to talk about the quad cross of nations over the PA in front of a hundred thousand people or whatever were there at Redbud talking about the quad cross guys winning and getting this huge pump from the crowd. It was just uh, the coolest thing. I'm like, man, how cool is this for ATV racing? Like I, again, 10 years ago, this would have felt like a pipe dream. I truly believe that at least to me. And now, man, we got the reaction out of the crowd about the quads winning the quad. Oh, cross no shit. Yes. We got, we got that much. We got like this big jump out of the crowd. Like, like team USA just won a moto there. I mean, it was, it was wild. No way. I just wanted to uh, comment on the parallels between the motocross of nations, quad cross of nations, that I knew that that was something that you and I were both passionate about. And then it hit me as I was saying that, that, yeah, you might not know. Most people might not know that, you know, Tim Cotter and the boys up in the booth were plugging and, and hyping up team USA, winning the quad cross of nations in front of this giant crowd at the motocross of nations. So um, pretty darn cool, but yes, take it from the, take it from tech day. Tell us about that, how all that went. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, continue to sit back and, and listen to how it all played out. Yeah. So we roll in, you know, Friday morning for tech, kind of do our thing. We get, get bikes out, get everyone warmed up, get bikes warmed up. And, you know, you have to have rider's helmet, Jersey, chest protector. You know, it's mandatory. You wear a chest protector over there or like a roost guard underneath your Jersey, or you can wear one over. Just depends on you know the riders so like bryce doesn't normally wear one mm -hmm. and so that was something when we did the test day like he <laughs> he had to wear one that day so he could get comfortable with it and get it adjusted right and you know figure out where he wanted it and all that good stuff mm -hmm. so we went up there to do that and so i'm getting ready to roll out i'm like hey bryce where's your helmet we need our helmet and you know we we had these full-blown custom painted helmets which 
I think everyone's seen the pictures of him by now when, mm-hmm. you know, they got released and then went to David, David gave them the helmets at the press conference on Wednesday, but they had, Bryce had wore his helmet on test day. So it was a little bit muddy. So they had took it back to the hotel to clean it. So they forgot his helmet. So luckily we had people that were in route that, you know, weren't too far away from the hotel. They went and grabbed his helmet. So everything kind of rolled off without a hitch, really, in that sense. By the time they got there, we rolled up to Tech. And Tech, really, it went smooth. You know, the, the Tech procedure is different there. And you go through a spreader bar, which was just like two stakes in the ground. But you got to go right through there. So then we, you know, we, you kind of roll through. And then once you go through, like, that part of it, you know, it's not like really here where you just change your pipes real quick they kind of want you to pull away you change your pipe and come back in change your pipe and we really rolled right through it in the sense you know everyone's nervous they do it at a wide open throttle and it's basically just like a rock and so it's completely different than what it we're is. used to here yeah. so you run you run a little bit different of a pipe there's a different fuel that we run over there and we made it through smooth so it was you know kind of one of those things go back to the truck get wipe your bike down kind of do your last minute checks because tomorrow morning's go time you mm-hmm. know it's eight eight o'clock in the morning i think we didn't end up going on the track until 10 but okay. there was a chance that we would have been on the track by 8 30 okay. so we had to be there early and we didn't we ended up finding out friday night kind of late that we wouldn't be on the track till 10 because there's two atv groups okay we didn't know what group we we're going to be into we ended up being in the second group or b group or whatever it was so all three riders get to go on the track together which was really cool, and it was kind of, you know, there was nothing on the line there for that. Mm-hmm. It's not part of qualifying. It's just to go check the track out. It's free practice, but basically. Yeah. It's just a free practice. But knowing yeah. how the guys are, and they're all competitive, mm-hmm. you know, Joel clicks off a lap time. Bryce clicks off a lap time. They're looking at us like, what's my lap time? And we're like, you guys, like, just look at the track. <laughs> but they want to know where they're at, like, instantly. So it's like you show them, you know, each other's lap times. And they're like, oh, they pull in. I can beat that. But then they're back at it again, you know, dropping their lap times. And we end up, you know, Joel first, fastest lap time in, in the free practice. And Bryce was second. And I think Chad just being Chad, he's just like, eh. And so it was cool to see um, – Kevin Saar, he ended up third in that in that practice yeah. in lap times, and and he was right there. So like we knew, like those two, they were pushing pretty good. I mean, they were they were turning pretty dang good lap times. And and, and Kevin Saar, Kevin Saar, pretty pretty uh, well acclimated with these American riders because he is a top ten finisher in digging deep ATVMX fantasy. <laughs> oh, there you go. So. Um, you know, hell of a hell of, hell of hell of a rider too. Hell of a rider. Yeah, I mean he he rode great all weekend. I think he ended up having some kind of mechanical in one yeah. of the motos in the first moto. Um, yeah, yep. But it, you know, it's we have three such solid riders. Mm-hmm. Like they, right. there's a lot of fast guys over there. I mean, Kevin, I think he's like eight time or nine time European champion. I mean, that's it's crazy how many championships you know and how established he is over there. And so to see his lap times, I mean, they were fairly close. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't, but like maybe a half second off of Bryce's time or so, and you know, a little over a second off of Joel or something like that. So it was cool to see, you know, like we're not just going to show up and walk all over like everyone always thinks. Like mm-hmm. it's not like that. Like 
these boys got to go and they got to show up and they got to race. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different elements. You got to start second row. And, you know, Bryce, I, I don't know that Bryce has done. I'll, I'll be pretty comfortable saying that Bryce hasn't done a second row start besides <laughs> over there in the last 10 years. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, if he, if he ever has. And so yeah. in, in qualifying, like, and then they are in practice. And then they do like a start practice, just like we do here, very similar. Yeah. And so I'm like, don't practice any starts. Just line up right behind Joel and do second row starts with Joel. And then go do one with Chad. Go do one with Joel. Go do one with Chad. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just like cringing the entire time because we're just beating the crap out of the front of the <laughs> machine, you know? Right, yeah. Just, and the, the soil had a lot of rocks in it. Okay. I thought, I thought I saw that, yeah. Very similar to Unadilla dirt maybe a little bit looser than unadilla dirt and okay. probably 50 percent rockier than unadilla but like this the same size size rocks yeah like those you know the ones that really hurt mm-hmm. yeah and, and that is a perfect opportunity for me to ask you uh your the first impressions of the track for you guys and the guys uh, and the riders because um you know we heard you know we, we talked at at length about the track as best we could coming into the event seemed like it wasn't that far off from kind of an, an American style racetrack, not tons and tons of jumps or anything, but give us uh, first impressions of the track as well. Um, you know, honestly, very Euro really. I mean, I watched a lot of video and stuff before I went over there and it really didn't do the speeds justice okay. of how fast the track actually was and, and not very many jumps, mm-hmm. couple tabletops, you know, the downhill there was insane. It I mean, was. The guys... even, the, even the video made it look made it look wild. Like you were free falling off that thing and fly like like at least the American guys, they were ripping off that thing. Am I right? Yeah, and like those guys aren't scared. Like they just wide open off the top of the mm-hmm. and I and I went and stood up there at one point. I'm just like, holy crap. And you're just wide open all the way to the bottom of the hill to a roller. Yeah. And then you gotta turn. And as soon as I seen the track, I said, this is a Bryce and Joel track all day long. I was going to say you made the, the Unadilla comparison already. So yeah, that explains, explains it uh, for itself. So I knew it wasn't, you know, obviously Chad was going to be plenty fast. It wasn't Mm going to be something that held us back whatsoever. And, you know, he, but he's just going to go to the level that he needs to go to, to do what he has to do. And that's where Chad's going to go. Yeah. Or I knew like Bryce and Joel were going to excel. I, I felt like on this style track and, mm-hmm. and that's what we've seen. I mean, those guys were, they were really fast and they, there was a jump, like it's just like a flatland jump, but it had meters checked off on the K rail next to it. And you'll see it in the videos. Okay. And you know, it was like, I don't want to say a competition, but it was a topic like, how far are you going to go? And I think the last numbers were like 35 meters. And then they had the infinity sign before, right after that. Like <laughs> you went there, like, you know, Bryce is like, I'm going infinity. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Buzz Lightyear. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, chill out, bro. Like, <laughs> we don't need to break axles. We don't need to bend axles. You yeah. know, and remember why we're here. Yeah. You're coming up a massive hill to that point. So you're just wide open. And, they, you know, but Joel was the same way. He's like, I'm jumping the whole thing. I'm jumping as far as I can. I'm like, oh my God, like you guys. And <laughs> right. I think they went, I mean, they definitely went the furthest mm-hmm. out of everybody. I don't know that I ever 
paid attention enough to see which one of those two went the furthest out of each other because I think they definitely had a competition going on sure. who wanted to go the furthest there, but it really comes down to how much your ankles can handle. Right. Um, but track was – I liked it besides the rock factor mm-hmm. of it. And then by, sure. like, the third moto, I mean, thank God, you know, all three of those guys run tire balls. And I know Bryce had a right rear flat, which he never even knew. And I want to say Joel possibly ended up with a flat, but there were so many guys that come in the mechanics area with flat tires. Oh, sure. You know, front yeah. tires flat, rear tires flat, because you're you're going so fast and you're landing on rocks. And, you know, they're only getting sharper and sharper as the day goes on because they're getting deeper and deeper. Right. So that was, you know, a, a big factor, like mentally late, in the moto, say like that third moto, I think mm-hmm. is really when it kind of started to set in with me. I'm like, all right, avoid the rocks, like yeah. avoid all these little things that could, you know, could really cause us because we're we're sitting perfect. Bryce, you know, he ripped a good start, which mm-hmm. we'll get there. I'm getting ahead of our game. Yeah, no, you're good. So yeah, as far as but tire balls only in the rear though, right? I mean, these guys aren't running tire balls in the front as well, are they? No, no tire balls in the front. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. But they are running bead locks. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, yep. for the majority of the guys out there are all running beatbox nowadays. And, and I think for for the situation at hand, I, I think if we were to blow a front tire, you know, if it was early enough, we would have changed it. Mm-hmm. If it was later in the moto, I think you're just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. The track's fast enough that the tire's going to stay somewhat, It'll stay off. you know, structured. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna yep. suck. You know, say you blow your right front when you go to turn left, it's really gonna suck. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a handful, but at the same time, it would the amount of time to change it would have cost us if it was later in the race where I mm-hmm. think they they could have held on and we had some cushion there with yeah. you know where the other teams you know had bad results. We had you know the one bad result that we obviously knew we were gonna throw away. As long as we were keeping our guys in the top ten, we were gonna be pretty safe with with, you know, at least one of our guys winning and, you know, kind of, you know, but there, yeah, in your mind, you're like, you know, holy crap, like there's so many rocks, radiators come into play, like hose clamps, just all the little things that can come into play when you have that amount of rocks going on on the track. But, you know, we, we fared well Mm -hmm. in that sense. So, you know, and and maybe, you know, this year, the, the rocks are going to be what we remember from this event. Cause I guess, you know, what I meant, uh, and I probably didn't articulate it well enough. I mean, yes, you can tell it's like a Euro style racetrack, but you know, and I get, I, I forget what locations are what, but you know, the last two that we went to one of the races was super sandy. Obviously that's the last one we were at was the super sandy year. And the, the ruts were super deep and straight up and down. And we had, you know, all that, like that was a topic in itself, right. That for that race. So that was totally different than what we race here. That was the year that Jeffrey was there. And then, and then the other year, it seemed like that track was just cut out of a hillside with like no real obstacles. And, you know, it was, it just got crazy, like rough because it seemed like this virgin dirt. This just seemed like a little bit more like 
of a, of a racetrack like we somewhat see here, right? Like there wasn't a ton of jumps, but there was some jumps like it was, it got kind of hard packed or whatever. Like it just wasn't something that was totally foreign for our guys. And we've seen that at some of these, these tracks and these races that the racetrack just seems totally foreign from what we're used to. That wasn't the case here, but, but yeah, we should, uh, we should continue with the story then because, uh, so on a personal level due to uh, our wedding, I wasn't able to to check out much of the racing on, on Saturday, um, the qualifying races. And, and like I said, Sunday, I was able to, to catch it all. It was super nice, but, uh, but yeah, Casey, tell me about the uh, qualifying races. Then it seems like everybody did real well. Uh, our guys did, but take me through Saturday a little bit. Yeah. Hey, and congratulations to you and Brooke. She's real lucky to have a guy like you. Thank I'll, you. Tell, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm lucky. Uh, to have her. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, no, Saturday is cool, you know, so we did pre-practice, and then Bryce was first moto. He was rider A, so he was the first first rider, which I was really stoked about. Like, I just wanted him to get on the track and get it over with. Like, mm-hmm. once you're on there and you and you do it, like, all the jitters are gone. Like, you, you got to go race against somebody. You got to take a gate drop. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of – you know, falls into place after that. I think it smooths out a little bit. There's just so right. much nervousness and so many jitters going on before. So, yeah, um, it's a random pick. There's no, like, way to pick for the qualifiers. They just put everyone in a hat. Well, I think it's computer randomized. So, Bryce ended up 15th gate pick. So, he was first gate pick for the second row. And he's the only American in our qualifier. Like, they're mm-hmm. each in their own qualifier. Right. So, he's got a pick like who who do you go behind because you don't really know everybody yeah and so you don't know who the good starters are you don't know who the guys that you know maybe aren't up to the same speed so chad joel like they're all up there like all right let's study everyone that's there they're they're working with bryce and we're all talking about it and so we come up with the idea of going behind mark the guy that come over at Redbud. yeah and um i don't want to botch his last name so but he Ma- you know McClure- they won Ma- mcclurin or or something McClurin, like that yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. so we come up with a theory that we're going to go behind him well then right before we find out that he injured himself in practice oh and so we're like hey and we're the ireland dudes are so cool yeah like, we hung out with them at the test track like they're they're so friendly and like just Okay. Like their sense of humor is just amazing. Like we had a great time with them, just okay. you know, shooting the shit and telling stories. And so we kind of felt like we had a good relationship with them. So we, I'm like, Bryce, just go over and ask him. Like, is he gonna go, or is he not gonna be like 100 percent to be able to go out there? Like, is he a good choice? Because our initial thought, because Kevin Sauer was in our qualifier, is I'm like, you're gonna line up behind Kevin Sauer. He's multi-time European champion. Mm-hmm. Like he's the guy. Yeah. You want to line up behind him. Yep. He had like 14th gate pick. Oh, so he so didn't have. He, he didn't was going to be. He didn't have an ideal spot. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't have a good spot. So Mark had like third gate pick. So we're like, okay, that's who we got to go with. Mm-hmm. And Mark's like, I'm going to try to rip the whole shot and just hang on for dear life. And Bryce said, All right, cool. So going in the first turn, Bryce is like almost dead last, which we can't see. You can't go – you can go into staging, but you can't go to the starting line with the right. Yeah. So – which is a little bit different for them, you know, for the riders and for us as mechanics. Like we're totally. used to being there, prepping the gate for them, getting them ready to go. Yeah, so the rider totally preps different. their own gate. Once they pull out of staging, 
they're off limits. You can look at them through the chain link fence, like, you know, we're, we're like a step below them, like say four or five foot below them. So you can look up there and kind of see where they're at and see what's going on. And so for us, the starting line was really long and made a right-hand sweeper. We couldn't see any of it. Okay. So Mark would stay in staging in case something crazy went on and we needed someone up there or whatever. And so once they once they rolled up to the gate and they were in their locked position, like pretty much nothing else we can do. Mark would stay up in staging just in case something was to go awry. And us as mechanics, we would run down to the mechanics area. So the first thing all you hear is just from Harv because he's pretty close to the first turn. So he can tell us where, you know, our guys are at. Mm-hmm. The Bryce goes in the first turn and the first right-hander pretty much dead last. But he's like in the pack. Like he's right in there with them. And by the time he comes in the second one and dropped off the drop-off is the first time I got to see him. And so there's basically a right-hander and a left-hander. And then like a short straight and you drop off that drop off to go down the hill. I just started counting until I see him. I'm like, okay, that's the second row start ever. You pretty much pulled like a sixth, seventh place out of it. Okay. But I guess he worked some magic somehow in the second corner from what I was been told because he was pretty far back going into the first corner. Like Got when it. they made the right in the middle of that corner, he was way, you know, almost last. So he, he wiggled his way through. And so I'm like, all right, we can deal with this. So first light comes by, he's in six when he comes by me. I'm like, all right, no big deal. We got plenty of time. It's 20 minutes plus two laps. Mm-hmm. Good to go. Just kind of pacing him, just letting him know where he's at, what's going on. And I just see him, you know, he's one after another. You know, next time someone comes over the radio, Bryce P5. All right, Bryce P4, Bryce P3. I'm like, sweet. We're just working our way up. Mm-hmm. So he gets into second. And I'm kind of, like, trying to keep it pretty calm the entire time. Like, you got plenty of time. You know, you're 1.5 seconds faster than the leader. Like, you you got this. Like, you're good. You're good. So, he gets in a second. I just ride on the pit board. Go get him. Like, go win. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's win, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Be a winner. So, I throw the pit board to him. I don't know if you've seen it or not. A ro- like, five corners later, it's on the other side of the track. We can't see it. A rock rolls down into the rut. He hits the rock with his right front tire, pops him out of the rut, sets him on top of the berm, and he gets high centered. Oh, shoot. So okay. he had to rock himself out of it, so he goes back to fourth. Oh, so he gosh. comes by me, P2, and he's like only like four or five seconds behind the leader. He's closing on the leader big time. Like He's going to get to win his first race over in Europe. He's going get, to get to win the qualifier. Like This is awesome. Mm-hmm. A stub you know, has that issue in the corner. Gets going again, he's P4, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, damn it. But we're fine. Like, it's not a big deal. It's just a qualifier for gate pick for Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we still have two more guys. Mm-hmm. So you're only going to take the two best scores anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, or even if you combine them all, if he was he finished fourth and those two finished 1-1, like, we still have first gate pick. So it's yeah. no big deal. Right. So I'm like, all right, you got work to do. This is how much time you got left. So he starts picking away. And by the time he gets back into second position, I think the leader, there was two laps to go, and he had 12 seconds okay. to the leader. And so I show him that on the pit board, and he just kind of, like, looks over, and I'm like, no. Like, don't even bother. Like, you're good. Take the second. He was pretty hard on himself over it um, all day. I think he really wanted to win that qualifier. I think it just kind of set the tone for the whole weekend. 
mm-hmm. but he learned a lot. You know, he got to do his first second row start. He got to work his way through the pack twice, and he learned how he was going to be erased and how he needed to race the guys he was racing against because going into the first moto on Sunday, he was going to be second gate pit or second row start again. But mm-hmm. this time he's going to get to start behind someone he knows at least, but right. yep. he's still going to have to – your chances of coming out and hole shotting or you know being second are rather slim when you're starting second row. So Joel goes out – or Chad goes out for his, does Chad – I mean, knocked it out of the park. He wins fairly easy. Joel went out for his. Same thing. Um, we didn't get to watch those races, so I don't have a whole lot of insight on every little thing. I know Chad pulled the whole shot, and I know Joel pulled the whole shot, and I, I think that's pretty much how <laughs> the story gets told, you know? Like, yep. it, it's pretty much game over from there. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. We used to speak of a CST takeover, but now 2022 is the year of CST supremacy. CST's Pulse MXR tires are the choice of Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Ristrelli, and Nick Janusa, meaning CST tire riders are in contention for pro-class wins and a possible podium sweep every time they hit the racetrack. CST tires are also the official tire choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, but you already knew that. I, your host Cody Jansen, helped pioneer the CST takeover with Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears on my way to back-to-back national championships and a pro sport podium to cap off the 2021 season. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offer the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Did I mention they offer contingency payouts as well? Visit shop.csdtires to join the CSD Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CSD Tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And whether it's eight-time and reigning ATVMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, or seven-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all-time in titles won, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, 
Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, short course off-road trucks, UTVs, snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milligan. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. So uh, leading into Sunday, Casey, um, I believe there's like a quiet confidence, right? There's, uh, you know, obviously everybody had done well on Saturday. Uh, we know the standard that Team USA has when they go to the Quad Cross of Nations. So I feel like there's a quiet confidence. You would be able to tell us that. Uh, but you kind of, we we speculated on our preview show that crazy things always seem to happen at this race. And they, they really did, you know, pretty much right away uh, for the American squad, you know, kind of getting into our Sunday coverage, then it didn't take long. And uh, that kind of that crazy card was played by, by the quad cross of nations gods. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there is, you know, somewhat of a confidence, like, you know, you got, the best guys there we know we got the best machines we 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 know going in like we're ready mm-hmm. but there's still there's so there's so much that goes on that there's so many little things that can happen and that's obviously what we've seen mm-hmm. um you know chad's out front kind of doing this thing bryce is working his way through i think i want to say bryce come out sixth or seventh again you know after the first couple corners kind of worked his way started working his way up it was like fourth um kevin Sarr had an engine failure or had a failure so bryce is in third so he's good and so i'm telling him you're like you're good you got one more guy to get it already beat the guy or it already raced a little bit with the guy before that was in second and chad's out front and then all of a sudden we get a radio weenan's on the side of the track 
or like what? Like this doesn't happen. No, no, it does not. That's what, that's what makes it so that's what makes it like, are you kidding me? Because at this, at this team event, you know, where every point is crucial, every finish in each moto is crucial. We've, we've seen this once in well over a decade for Chad Wienan and we see it and I'm like, what are we seeing right now? So I'll let you carry on there, but yes, it's unbelievable really. So, yeah, I mean, just a, a crazy little mechanical and Chad's on the side of the track. So Bryce is, you know, in P2 and I, and I don't know how much to, elaborate on that i'm sure mm-hmm. you'll speak with chad and chad can elaborate more on what actually went on there mm-hmm. um yeah. i don't know that it's a huge secret or anything like that it wasn't anyone's fault it was it was just a no it's a, a fluke fail. It's a, yeah it's a fluke thing that goes on i i i saw i was seeing on the internet i don't know nobody told me to say or not say anything i saw on the internet that it was a bearing carrier and yeah if, and if that's the case it that's just something that happens we've all had brand new bearing carriers fail and we've had you know worn out bearing carriers fail and we've had you know brand new bearing carriers be perfect and we've had worn out bearing carriers be perfect right i mean it's just one of those things that yeah. happens. It's, it's just one of those things that happens you know it's like when chad's chain broke or the clip broke or whatever at at Redbud and stopped that streak a few years ago it's like well it's just one of those things did is the best chain that there is for these things and it's just one of those fluke things that had lasted perfectly for the eight years previous to that or whatever and it's just one of those things that happens it's no nobody's fault you know you could have done nothing differently yeah so basically bearing carrier and and who knows with all the rocks and everything that's going on like really where that came from just highly unlikely Mm -hmm. so chad being chad didn't even react pulls off the side of the track looks down just like when he broke the chain at red bud mm-hmm. and and we couldn't see him but just i already know like exactly how chad reacted not even have to watch him so then it was you know the chatter over the radio we got to get chad's bike back because he's in moto two yeah yep and bryce is in in second when this goes down okay pretty i think he was battling with the guy in second right at that exact same time yeah. So he makes the pass for the lead, and I'm like, look at this guy. All the shit that was talked, all this stuff going on out in the world, and mm-hmm. all this different thing. And here's Bryce Ford leading his first main event moto at Quad Cross Nation. So just like a cool feeling, um, obviously for me, but it just had to be unreal for him. And mm-hmm. um, the rest of the day, I think for him, it, he was just on a cloud. Like, yeah. Just getting that win, get to, you know, go up there and do the TV interview and talk and get to give credit to the people that got him there. Yeah. And that have put so much work into him being there and, and making it all happen. Mm-hmm. I think for him, it's just a dream come true. And, and he yeah. told me that, like, that was my dream right there, like to mm-hmm. go and win, you know, a moto at Quad Cross Nations representing my country is just like, a dream come true and then to actually win the overall you know like for us as a team to win it mm-hmm. i think that just you know obviously the icing on the cake oh my gosh yeah so i wish that you could that you could see my face when when he wins this thing i was like nearly emotional because the same thing i mean i i wanted it for him so bad 
I wanted him to be able to kind of silence the critics so bad. I've said that for months at this point. I just wanted it so bad for him and for him to step up the way he did. So I'll, I'll read my, you know, I'll read my notes here. You kind of previewed there, you know, prefaced this already and went through it a little bit, but uh, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows to start the day for Team USA in the Czech Republic, Chad Wienan officially is scored with 29th in Moto 1 after he suffers this mechanical failure. And your guy, our guy, Bryce Ford, he knew he needed to maximize points, and did he ever. He charged to the front of the pack to win the opening moto of the 2022 Quad Cross of Nations for the American team. It was his first ever moto in the event. Um, other than the qualifying motos, but those only count for gate picks. So this was first ever moto at the event. He wins the thing. And after all the debate about this controversial pick, if he's the right guy heading into the event and blah, 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 he shows up and shows out for our country. And like you said, I mean, talk about, talk about what an awesome start to the day. What a perfect start to the day for Bryce Ford. And just to step up that way, it's gotta be so cool. And I was, you kind of told us already, but I just, I was so excited to hear your perspective, you know, working the pit board for him and just, you know, to battle through the pack, to get to the front and then to seize that moto, knowing that Chad Wienan had broke. So he needed to maximize points at that point. And for him to get that moto win, um, man, I was, I, I, I told them, I told the Ford family, I was so stoked. I felt like I won. Yeah. I I'm right there with you, Cody. I mean, it, I ain't going to lie. Like I've known that kid for a long time. I put a lot of effort over the years into his program and, and spent lots of time with that entire family. And I love him dearly. Mm -hmm. And it was like seeing my little brother just win the World Series or yeah. the, the Super Bowl. I yeah. mean, that was our Super Bowl. And so to mm -hmm. see him, you know, get to get that win and just a big middle finger to every single person that <laughs> just like, yeah. oh, he's not the right guy. He's going to do this. It's going to be that. Like, all that's gone. Right. Everything is like pure. Like, I, I was right there with you. Like, I was just like, holy crap. Like, mm -hmm. I'm walking up and I, and I, Saturday morning, I come down with, I mean, a bunch of us end up coming down with it, but I come down with this, this nasty stomach virus. So, like, I can't even be myself okay. at this point. Like, I'm in so much pain. I'm scared to move too fast. Like, so much different crap going on in my mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. But, like, here is, you know, like, my little brother just wins, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, you know, he's, he's my rider. Like, we're professionals. But at the same time, like, there's so much that's behind it and so much has been building this point for, for him and to get that moto win, it was just like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. it was almost like just like a breath, like just a release of like the pressure and all mm -hmm. the bullshit aside, just mm -hmm. everything was gone. Yeah. Like going into the third moto, like we all knew what was on the line. Mm -hmm. We all knew what those guys had to do. Yeah. And like going in there, like Bryce knew he had a chance at winning and winning the overall of the weekend. Mm -hmm. Like if he would have got second in the first moto, like the pressure would have been like he had to win to be able to even have a chance at the overall, which he still did because him and Joel were going in tied. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really just comes down to, you know, the overall For reason the where they're at that yeah. point. Like yeah. the, the personal overall is kind of out. Mm -hmm. in that sense like you're just going to go out and do what you got to do so right um yeah 
I, yeah. I just for me, Casey, it was like it was like the dream scenario. That's literally what I was thinking as you know the dust settles on this, and I'm driving down the road to the motocross of nations, and I'm trying to trying to think about you know because I don't know how many people are watching this from the states at this point. So I'm like, well, you know, got to put out a post on digging deep on our social channels about you know Bryce winning it, and I'm like. I'm at a loss for words. I don't even know what to say. Like it was, again, it was like the dream scenario. Now, again, highest of highs, lowest of lows. Chad Wienan has broke. So that was the worst way that it could have started for one of our team members. But for the other team member to, especially like with the, with the story we know, you know, leading up to this race with Bryce and his selection and all these things, it was the dream scenario that he went out there and he didn't like grab the whole shot and just cruise around out front. Like he had to pass the fastest guys in that race, uh, other than Chad, obviously who broke to go win this thing. And, and at that point, you know, the words that I chose to use were he put the team on his back in that opening moto. And he did because there was two guys out there. One of them broke and the other, the best thing he could do is win. And that's what he did. And it was just amazing. It makes the hair on my arm stand up right now because of all the conversations that were had, the debates that were had, the stray bullets that were, you know, shot towards this kid that didn't, that didn't deserve him. He's such a good kid. And then for him to just go up on the podium and talk about how much it meant to him and how happy he was, and that it was a dream for him, that this was a dream of his, uh, to represent our country and then to go win in the, in the opening moto of the morning there man, that's just the coolest thing. So Bryce's performance was absolutely huge, but you know, the reality of the situation was now, you know, we had already used up our one and only throw out our one and only throw away was now used up. So team USA sat in seventh after the opening moto there. And, you know, now we had no room for error, uh, with two full motos remaining for, you know, for, for the riders, Casey, we had no room for error. So I guess what I wanted to, to ask you was how things were under the tent. Like were things, was there some tenseness under the tent at that point after, like you said, now I didn't know that it was just a bearing carrier at that time. Uh, I thought maybe it was an engine or, or who knows what. So I'm like, well, they they need to get Chad's bike together. Like I, I assumed at the beginning of my thing, <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm like, we're thinking the same thing, right? I'm like, that's gotta be everybody's concern under that tent is everybody all hands on deck, get Chad's bike ready. Um, but, but being that it was a bearing carrier, uh, that probably wasn't the case. That was probably pretty, pretty standard, but, but yeah, tell me what the tent was like after that moto. Cause like I said, highest of highs, lowest of lows. So tell me about that. I think the longest process was getting the bike from the track back to our pits sure it seemed like it was forever we're like come on like you know because we gotta get this done like the the moto one to moto two is the tightest Mm -hmm. motos of the day yeah those two there's not a whole lot of time and that was kind of one of the reasons that we put chad you know row one and bryce row two bryce had moto one and moto three he had the most recovery time of the day sure for every you know out out of all the riders and everyone so you know, if he had to work his butt off the first one, he had enough time to recover. Where if Chad had to start second row and work his butt off the first one, like he had to go roll right in. And so we knew it'd be harder on the bike. We knew, you know, there's a good chance that we probably wouldn't wash in between Moto 1 and Moto 2 mm-hmm. just because the time was tighter than normal. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, changing clutch, getting the bike prepped, ready to go, it was easier just not wash. And so if Chad was out front, like obviously his bike would have stayed cleaner. And that kind of stuff where I had all the time in the world to say, 
in between motos to get my bike prepped and do whatever I needed to do. So mm-hmm. really it was a, it was a team thing though. You know, like it, it didn't get tense. No one got uptight. Everyone knew their place. By the time the bike got back, all the parts were laid out. You know, Michael and, and Mark were already back at the truck. David and JB stayed with the bike because it just so happened when the carrier failed, it was really close to where they were at. So they stayed with the machine. So Chad could go back and start his recovery. Okay. And Michael headed straight back. Baldwin said, hey, you boys are good here. I'm going back. So I, you know, obviously I was in the mechanics area. They went back. They got all the parts laid out, had everything. It was like a seamless process. Swap carriers, an axle, sprocket, chain, everything. And they were good to go laughing and joking before we went down for the second moto. Okay. All right. Okay. So, yeah. yeah it, were, it was never like a high, high stress. I mean, obviously, like, you know, we knew time was not on our side. Mm-hmm. But when you got guys, you know, Michael's a, a great mechanic. Obviously, you got Mark Baldwin, JB's right there. Like, those guys mm-hmm. were free hands to be able to help Michael with anything he needed. And then, obviously, Chad, Chad's a great mechanic himself. So, oh, yeah. there was plenty, you know, where Jim was focused on getting his bike ready mm-hmm. for their moto coming up. I was focused on getting Bryce's bike cleaned up and getting it ready for the third moto yep. where we didn't have to jump in and help. If we needed, you know, need be, we would have jumped right in and helped. Sure. But we we have the staff in place over there that you know with the personnel that we bring that it, it was never there was never like a nervous time like where okay we wouldn't be able to get stuff done because we have you know in in any situation that we had through the whole weekend because we had such a high quality staff over there and i guess the the nervous part in my mind or or the the mental shift that would have to happen is you know presumably like you don't plan for having uh some kind of mechanical failure. So when you have the three best guys at the event, you know, you know, things happen obviously in racing, but you think, okay, well we have this get out of jail free card. We got this free pass. We got this throw out that we keep in our back pocket. Well, you use it up in the first moto and now it's like, okay, (laughs) like we don't have any room for error anymore. You know, like I knew you got, I knew you guys had it covered. Like I knew you'd have, that's where, that's where the, like it's a little bit more tense. exactly that that that, and, that's, and that was where my question came from i'm yeah. thinking like a mechanic just because that's all like that's what i know so i'm thinking yeah. ah yeah. you know right everyone wants to know could we get it done in time but no yeah definitely you know a little bit added pressure onto everybody i'd say because you don't have that that mulligan right anymore exactly. mulligan's gone exactly you know it, it's all it's all business from here on out. Like we got to be perfect the rest of the day mm-hmm. to pull this off. And I don't care what anyone says. Like you, you put these colors on and you go out there to represent this country. Like there's pressure there. Like mm-hmm. you, your mindset is to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And with some of the elements that were floating around the team that day <laughs> and sicknesses and stuff, it was yeah. tough. Yeah. Like, yeah. I ain't going to lie. Like, there's times I'm like, holy crap. Like, what did I sign up for? And I never had to do anything over the top extra. Right. Yeah. But I was just so down in the dumps, like, feeling so terrible that it made it that much harder mm-hmm. to get through the days, you know, on Saturday, being sick all day and then not getting much sleep Saturday night and then rolling into Sunday, knowing like, you got to be the best person. Like, I apologize to Bryce, like, multiple times. I'm like, I'm sorry. 
I know why you picked me, and I can't be that guy today. Like, I'm not 100%. Like, I'm not in your ear just constantly. Like, I'm really just trying to stay away from you so you don't end up with this shit. Right. Like, yeah. but at the same time, you know, like, just let me be with the bike and I'll do what I need to do. And, you know, obviously Mark is there, you know, that's his bike. And so I, I could see it and I understand it, but like he would just come by and, and he would, he would do it with everyone, but like, he just, he would come back by and just like look at the bike and look over everything. Like, mm-hmm. and my ego is like, dude, quit checking. <laughs> like I, I, I've done this before. It's not my first day. Mm-hmm. But at the yep. same time, like, I understand, like, that's his baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and he wants to make sure and, you know, he wants to make sure every little thing is. And, and I touched every single nut and bolt on that entire bike. I don't know how many freaking times. And I never once, like, brand new, out, out of the container, nut and bolted the whole bike. Not a single loose bolt or nut on the entire bike. We went and rode it the first time, you know, 10, 15 minutes put on it not anything come loose on that machine one bit the entire time the whole weekend like it that was a dream for me that like i wasn't chasing gremlins or any kind of crazy problems yeah all weekend being under the weather that was a saving grace if we would have lost a motor or something goofy and i would have had to scramble and like actually work hard and fast Mm -hmm. i don't know that i had it in me yeah like i was so depleted I luckily, you know, we had Mark there and JB there, like we would have been just fine, Mm -hmm. but I would have felt like an ant on the ground by the time that was over with, if I had to have someone step in and do my job for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we knew that, uh, you know, the first I had heard about the sickness was Joel dealing with it on race day, but yeah, then as the kind of the story unfolds and and I heard more and more, it was that a lot of you guys were dealing with the sickness at the event and and, in the time period after that. So the other thing I do want to mention here for a second, and I meant to mention this earlier, uh, was how the event works. Now I know that like most of our listeners, I know we've, we've been talking about this now for an hour plus, but um, most of our listeners know this already, but we did receive some questions about how the event worked. So quickly, the team aspect of the quad cross of nations is what makes this event unlike any other. It's essentially the Olympics of ATV racing. Each competing country is represented by the three best athletes that their nation has to offer at this annual traveling event. It's three moto format and that each team member races twice with five scores being used towards the Olympic style scoring, which means lowest score wins and one moto being dropped the worst finish between the three countrymen. So that's why we've obviously talked about Chad Wienan dropping that moto for the team, his first moto when he suffered that DNF. And this seems like the perfect time to get Chad Wienan in here, one of the stars of the show, to talk about a crazy day at the races, a crazy chapter in the story of Team USA at the Quad Cross of Nations. So let's get Chad Wienan in here to talk about it. All right, guys, this next guest should probably be referred to as Captain America because he's been a team member and a winner at all four Quad Cross of Nations events that Team USA has won. Brought to you by our friends at DID Racing Chain, and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain, coming off his latest Quad Cross of Nations event win. Welcome back, ATV Motocross living legend himself, Mr. Chad Wienan. Chad, congrats on the W. How's it going, pal? Yeah, thank you, Cody. Uh, yeah, it's going good. You know, thanks for having me on. It's um, we stayed uh, an extra week after to vacation with the family, and 
it's uh, it's nice to get back here and uh, be able to talk about it with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, like on my end, I always want to get these shows out as fast as possible, right? Because that's how we are. Like we uh, we want to consume stuff as it's fresh, but I knew that we needed to give you guys a little time to decompress and enjoy yourselves. And uh, I mean, when you talk about too, the the extra prep that goes in the six weeks or whatever of prep and, and stuff that, uh, you know, extends your season to go over to this race. Um, I wanted to give you guys a little time to, to decompress and enjoy yourselves before we jumped right into uh, talking about these races. So, uh, first of all, I appreciate, you know, your time and hopping on here with me and stuff. Um, but there's a lot to talk about, you know, with this event, Chad, and then with you specifically. So I'm going to jump right in here. Uh, you're leading this first moto, right? You're leading the first moto of the, the Sunday racing, the racing that counts towards the event and everything's going according to plan. And then you suffer this mechanical failure. And in the context of us knowing that you've basically dealt with one mechanical failure, one mechanical over the last 11 seasons. Uh, you almost had to be in disbelief, Chad. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really was. Uh, I still am, you know, over it. But um, the we had a bearing bearing failure on yeah. the carrier, and um, you know, brutally honest, uh, we took that machine over there from the race that we raced on at, at um, uh, was the Fourth of July weekend. We were out at um, Pleasure Valley. Pleasure Valley. Pleasure Valley. Yeah. Um, so we, we just basically took the machine, we went through it. Uh, and that bearing carrier had that one race on it was all. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, I think it's, I think it has something to do with, uh, you know, washing the machine and then let it sit in a container for, sure. you know, two months. So it's, um, I think it has something related to do with that. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I'm still scratching my head over it, you know, how, how that happen but it mm -hmm. you know it's 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 a machine uh you know things happen like that and um you know it's almost like a, a blessing in disguise that you know if we have something like that it happens there because we do have one throw out but also mm -hmm. it's a lot of stress on the on the team at mm -hmm. that point but you know the everybody the riders the team everybody stepped up and you know we, we made it work and uh it always seems like we have um <laughs> something go on like that every every year like you know year one with joel and then thomas at you know the following so it's like you're always uh you're always kind of on the edge of your seat we don't make it quite easy on ourselves in that aspect but mm -hmm. i think it makes it exciting for the event because it shows that we're not leading right away and mm -hmm. but uh we work hard that we don't want to have those problems and it's just one of those things that you know we got to digest it and and focus forward. It's just one of those things. I think I said it with Casey on the show earlier. You went to heard that part, but you know, the there's bearing carriers that last, you know, we've, we've all probably had it happen where you have a bearing car carrier that's brand new that, you know, fails right away. Like things just happen. And then you have ones that are brand new that last forever. You have used ones that got a million hours on them and you can just, you know, it's just one of those things. It just happens. There's probably no, no real answer to it, but I was in disbelief too. And it's one of those things that coming into the event, we talked about on the preview show that crazy things just seem to happen at this event. And uh, for us to have it happen to us right away, you know, to put our backs against the wall right away is, is just one of those things. So like you said, you have that throw it in your back pocket thank God for that. At the same time, you know, now 
your, your whole mind and thinking as a team kind of changes because now your room for error isn't there anymore, you know? So, so I would assume that as you go into these motos and, you know, say, you know, you, you guys are one, two in the first one, and then maybe one, two in the second one in a, in an alternate universe, like, okay, now it's like, okay, we got this throw it in our back pocket. If anything happens, when you take away that, you know, that Trump card or that, you know, get out of jail free card right away. Um, you know, it's just amps up the pressure. I would assume a little bit at least. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does. Like you you can't ride as loose as you want and, you know, charge stuff and make the, the passes, the risky passes that maybe you would or wouldn't do it before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also with the, the condition of the track, there was a lot of rocks coming up. So it's like, I, I was sitting there watching, uh, that last moto and I'm like, Joel has a flat. I'm like, Bryce has a tire going low. I'm like, and you're, you're watching all these other guys circulate that they're, they got flat tires. And I'm like, man, like the, the rear tire is okay, but you have a front flat, like you're done. Like you're not right. it. And, you know, we, we, I would say we, uh, we locked out, you know, you know, only having like a couple of rear flats with those guys, but man, like it's a, it's a stressful moment because, you know, especially for me, like I, I put the anchor out on our team, giving that first moto win away and putting that stress on our team. So for me, I feel like it was like the stress, like of watching that last race was like, man, just like ride cool guys. You got this. And, you know, basically sit on the edge of my seat the whole time until that last checker flag waved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's gotta be like a weird feeling for you too, to be sitting on the sidelines kind of, you know, just cheering on yeah. your guys. That's gotta be such a weird thing, but uh, much like the, the red bud chain incident from a few years ago, you handled it like an absolute champ, no surprise there. And, you know, at the time, so, so as I'm watching all this go down, I'm worried about the time frame, right? Cause I don't know what you had failed. You know, I didn't know it was a bearing carrier. I'm thinking it's an engine or something. I'm like, man, like these guys might have to get on it to, to get out there for that next moto. And then obviously that wasn't the case. Cause I mean, uh, actually what Casey said was the biggest thing was getting the machine back to the pit area to get that bearing carrier changed. He said, that's what took the most time. I think it, it happened at the bottom of the hill and this like, the video doesn't show justice on how steep this hillside is. And okay. I was like, need to push this thing up because I haven't seen a machine around anywhere to pull machines back or anything like that. And I'm like, we need to push this thing up. We need like six of our team members down here to push it because with the bearing carrier it letting go, like it's not rolling very well. So you mm-hmm. got to practice lift up the rear end to get it, get it going. And, uh, you know, luckily I walked up to the top of the hill, got to the the truck, and the machine wasn't even there yet. So I would say it took about 15 minutes or so to get the machine back there. Sure. And it was like, you know, we had it well under control. We, we threw everything new in the rear end, and it, it went together really easy instead of trying to, like, Band-Aid stuff and put it back together. So mm-hmm. it it, it went quicker than what we anticipated, but we also knew that the time frame is very tight there. And, you know, it's, it's like sometimes time can get away from you pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that. So you have this go on in the first moto, right? And then moto two, 
isn't really status quo either, because it seemed like, you know, you guys had just settled into your pace. It seemed like Joel's leading, you're in second, you're basically matching each other's lap times. We've done this a million times before. And then not long, at least it didn't seem like it, but not long after midway, this race gets red flagged and ended up being deemed final because another rider goes down. So the outcome was exactly what we needed, but you know, it, it almost for you, Chad had to be anticlimactic because you know, you like you would have been on your final lap of the weekend of, of the event. And you didn't even really know it at the time that had to be the weirdest uh, thing. Yeah. I mean, like knowing that when I seen the red flag and I know like the rules of that, it has to be past like the halfway point and mm-hmm. for it to be like the final, the final lap of the race. It, but still like I was, I wasn't like, honestly, like for me, like I was perfectly okay with it being that it was you know the the last lap because we were one two we had a nice gap you know mm-hmm. anything that was gonna go, was gonna happen was gonna be bad you right. know like yeah yep our case but also i think it was a blessing in disguise for joel like both of us were feeling under the weather and he was a little bit worse than i was he was like day one of his illness so okay like uh you know i think it was it was good for good for him where he didn't have to exert himself for another like 15 minutes so Mm -hmm. yeah good call there uh we talked we heard about the sickness stuff which seemed crazy it seemed like it got all of you guys but yeah just in my mind it was the fact that you know it was like almost like ripping the plug out of the you know the wall like all of a sudden like oh we're done because because it was early enough in the race that i was like well like I know we're past halfway, but not by much. Like I didn't know how it was going to work out in my mind. I was trying to figure out like how the restart process was going to go. Is it going to be single file or whatever? So like you said, it, the, the ultimate, you know, the, the goal was achieved we got the, the finish that we wanted. Um, but it was just not a status quo race very much like the, like the first one, you know? So, uh, so kind of funny. So Chad, what did you think about the, the track? Like I thought that track was, it was like, it was better as it got rougher because like on, it was so like terribly fast that like, and the ground was like kind of like unpredictable at times. So like, it was almost like almost has a Glen Helen feel where you'll be like good, like good traction. And all of a sudden you'll grab like a patch where you just feel like ice. And I felt like that was like tough early on, but then once it got rougher, the pace slowed down and some lines got cut in and it made it like a more enjoyable track. Like I think the last moto, if if I was like the last race of the day, I probably would have loved it being that how rough it was. You got to be like very like particular on your lines and creative. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that that plays into like my riding style a lot and what I like. But like honestly, the jumps were there's nothing that you hit full, full on the gas. It was everything was chop throttle. Mm-hmm. Like I like to have some bigger hits where you can like have some fun and you know and do all that. But um, I would say it was, it was better than it was probably second to like Chingoli the, okay. the four four races that we've done. So it was uh, quite a bit better than the last two that we did. That, that's what I thought too. That was kind of where I stood too. obviously not being at these events, but watching them, I knew this wasn't necessarily like an American style racetrack, but it was an, a more American style than the last two. Like you said, yeah. whether super Sandy and ruddy or that one just seemed like it was cut out of a hillside, you know, uh, no slight to no slight to any of the tracks. It just seemed like this one was at least a little more 
you know, racy or whatever, like you guys are used to. So, um, and the other thing, man, it's so crazy to think about the rocks being that bad, that everybody is experiencing, you know, flats. Thank God that you guys run tire balls in the rears and stuff, but it's crazy to think that the rocks were that bad. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing that second race that I was in, I was like, man, I'm seeing a lot of like rocks come up and I'm like, um, being very like cautious on how I'm hitting these lines and like ripping into these turns where I'm not trying to, you know, like I'm okay if I get a rear flat, but if I get a front flat, like I said, you know, that's going to be, it's going to be a a terrible ride, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we noticed that when we walked the track that there's going to be a lot of like rocks coming up, but we didn't notice that so much on Saturday, but definitely Sunday, like it really started to come up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. So, uh, Chad, in the end, you did your part, you know, your, your teammates finished off the goal in moto three there. Uh, it looked like the celebration was amazing though. Maybe it wasn't all that it could have been. Cause everybody was kind of feeling under the weather and stuff. Uh, the Euro fans, I think we touched on that before we hit record on this, the Euro fans are amazing. They love to see you guys. So that's always cool. Uh, so how did the, the Czech Republic trip, compared to the previous three trips we know how you like the tracks uh we know that you like this track more than some of the others but how did the trip compare to to uh some of the other trips for you guys um i think like the the camaraderie of the team was really good like we we all got along really well jokingly and like all the mechanics everybody was getting along really well so everybody's clicking like it's kind of like you know, year one, we're, we're going over there, not really to what expect. And then every year it's like, we got to go, we got to go win. Like we can't like let our guard down. So it's like business as usual. Like, you know, once you get to the track and do all that, but still there's a light atmosphere there because we're not racing against each other. We're racing with each other. And like the fans are, they're on a whole nother level over there. Like I said, like they, they bring their, they bring their a game every year. Um, like I think it's, uh, it's very special for us to be able to, you know, experience that because, um, you know, if we didn't have this event, we really probably wouldn't really touch on that. We would, um, the, you know, just, I think like having each nation being so small over there, they all have a lot of pride and, you know, what, you know, where they're from. So they bring that, that chip on their shoulder. And, um, you know, like over here we're we're not so like, I mean, Texas is very, very proud of like where they're from. Like, yep. like I'm originally here from Illinois. So I'm not, it's not like a big, like pride thing to be from Illinois. I don't know. It's just not, it's just not there, but it. yeah. So it's, uh, it's really cool to be experience experience that with the fans and, the smoke bombs, uh, the the horns and everything, and the people coming up to us. You know, I've I've probably signed more autographs this weekend than I have all year. You know, it's very cool to to see that, and they're, I mean, they're they're very kind people. Yeah, I mean, just to see the 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 pop that you get out of those fans over there. Cause they don't get to see you guys all the time. And, and they, they see you guys on social media and on YouTube and whatever, but you're superstars to them. Casey said it was basically uh, an event like this would basically be like, if you had, you know, a hand, a few thousand or whatever the number is in attendance, but 
every one of them is like the biggest super fan that we would ever see at our races, you know, like every one of them is a super fan. So I thought that, uh, that was actually kind of a cool way to think about it. And so you said that you talked about the smoke bombs, you talked about the crazy fans and all the countries and stuff. So I got to tell you this. So, um, you know, you guys go over there, you win number four, uh, you know, you keep the undefeated streak alive for team USA. So I watched the event on my way to, uh, the, the motocross of nations here at Redbud. So watch the first mm-hmm. moto right as I was leaving the house, you know, then the middle one was in the middle of our trip. The last one is literally as we're getting to Redbud. So I'm walking, uh, Brooke and I are walking into the event into Redbud. just got done parking and we see Josh pistol who, you know, obviously you're super familiar with from sunset Ridge. And, uh, you know, it's starting to rain at the, at the motocross of nations. It's crappy. It's not what they were really predicting. So everybody's nervous now that team USA is going to get it done or not. And I, I said to Josh, I said, uh, are, is team USA going to get it done today? And he said, yeah, both of them are the quads and the bikes. And I said, well, you don't have to worry about the quads because it just got over with and we won. He's like, we won. So, um, so that was just a, such a cool way to start the day for us. And then they had announced that you guys had won the event a few times over the PA Tim Cotter did and got a huge pop out of the crowd, uh, for the ATVs winning. I just, I I think that that's the coolest thing to think that team USA sweeps the motocross and quad cross of nations for the first time ever on the exact same day. And, you know, just to be able to celebrate the quad victory with the motocross of nations bike crowd at Redbud, standing room only crowd. It was just so cool to me. It made the, the hair on my arm stand up to think like this is where we're at now with the team usa thing and the quad cross of nations it's just uh it's so cool like it it gains more momentum every single year yeah i mean that's like chills type stuff there man it's um Mm -hmm. really cool because uh you know i was in a lot of contact with like you know bob and jan and you know tim ritchie and everybody like going up to the race and um you know it's, it's cool to get that support you know from I mean, all motocross community and, uh, you know, like talking with Chase Sexton and stuff like that. Like he's, he was in that event and a strong rider. And I, I was talking to him. I'm like, man, go, go get it for us and we'll do our part here. Mm-hmm. So really awesome to be a part of, uh, you know, the team USA and representing a great country here. And, um, you know, along the other side of that, like talking about like, I mean, even the riders over there, like they're racing against us and they're like, you know, they're very uh welcoming to us like yes they want to try and beat us but like they're uh, they're very welcoming especially like uh, you know before the gate during the gate like everybody's like very respectful and then like afterwards like we can like talk and have fun and uh, bench race about like the weekend so it's uh it's really cool to have that and um it's great to see them, you know, every year like that. It's just such a, it's such a cool dynamic. You know, I mean, I don't want to say they're fans of yours, but they really are like they're fans of the American guys for sure. So yes, they want to beat you at the same time. They look up to you, you know, it's just, uh, it's the coolest thing. We've talked about that so much. So it's, it's, it's so special. The, the connection and the trickle down effects that we've gotten from, from quad cross of nations is awesome. So, uh, Chad parting question for you. So this is one I'm just going to throw out there and I can't thank you enough for doing this, by the way, this is awesome. You're the best. Um, so everybody seems to think that next year is going to be your swan song that, that 2023 is going to be, you know, it for you as far as ATV motocross goes. So I guess, uh, in a broad sense, what is your response to people who think that, and if it is your last year, because we know that, you know, maybe that's when the Yamaha deal that you're currently signed 
two ends. How do you make sure that you get the very most out of yourself in 2023 to make, you know, that push for what would be record, uh, ninth motocross title? Um, like, uh, first part of the question, I, that's, it's a possibility. Like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say something that like, it's not going to be. And then like, cause every part of the year, like I might get towards the end of this year and I'm like, man, like I didn't get my goal, but it makes me hungry, you know, like, you know, stuff like that. So I'm not going to like come out and say like, it's going to be my last year or it's going to, it's going to tell me when it's time. Mm -hmm. But like, for me, like, I think just the workload that is on my shoulders and the stress that it puts on my family, I got to make sure that I, I keep that like at a manageable rate because, um, you know, I got to keep the home, the homestead, you know, family and everybody happy and mm -hmm. family first, first. And then, uh, you know, I've been doing this for so uh, very long and I've had a ton of success, more success than I've ever dreamed of. And it's, um, it's one of those things that, you know, it'll tell me when it's time to go. But uh, for, you know, like my Yamaha contract is up next year, like, um, I'm sure that if I did want to come back, we would renew because of just the relationship that we have together. Um, but getting the most out of me next year is going to be like, you know, having complete focus and uh, not trying not to bury myself into a hole early like I did this year. But even then after that, like um, Joel and I have had like several, several battles that um, were just so intense and, um, it, uh, it just made for a fun uh, second half of the year for me. Um, not being that the first half wasn't fun, but it, things were just weren't going my way. So it, it doesn't mm -hmm. feel as fun. That way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy uh, this uh, off season a little bit and uh, get our focus into 2023, which we've already started that a little bit, but um, it's just going to be, um, I just got to put every, put all, put all my best game that I got and um, use my, my, veteran type wits to you know manage races and do all that and do everything correct mm -hmm. yeah well i think i think the reason why i wanted to ask is because you get better every year you truly do i think you just have this way about you you find a way to get a little bit better every year and it, it was hard for me to even ask the question because i'm one of those guys that likes to live in the moment like don't look too far down the line and i think over the last handful of years or at least last couple uh i found myself like on on race days just thinking to myself, trying to appreciate, you know, you being at the races and lined up in the pro class and all these things. And then your battles with Joel, uh, we saw some great battles this year, just thinking to myself, man, I'm just trying to appreciate this while we got it, because it's one of those things that if you don't tell yourself to appreciate it and make sure you're appreciating it and cherishing it, that it'll pass us by. So, um, just love to hear it. I know you're going to bring your best next season. I can't wait to see it. Like you said, this year would have been totally different if it wasn't for those first, you know, round or two where you had some hiccups, but the rest of the way, I mean, you won a lot of races and, uh, and just kept adding to the total, which is awesome. So, uh, Chad, you're a legend as always. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks so much for your time and your willingness to to uh, spend some of it with uh, my listeners and I. I appreciate it so much. Congrats on the win. Uh, enjoy the off season and we'll see you soon, buddy. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, great to be on and we'll be, we'll be talking soon. Take care, Chad. That's four time right. quad cross of nations champ, Chad Weenan right here on the digging deep ATV MX podcast presented by DID racing chain and their 520 ATV2 X ring chain. Thanks so much, Chad. Later. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. 
insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed the client's expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Restrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryce O'Neill, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP Brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills, or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook. And if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes and have a great year, everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to factory43atv.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. 
Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. But Casey, kind of jumping back into the races there, the second race would feature both of the two top Americans with Joel Hattrick and Chad Weenan. And it looks a lot like uh, many of the races that we've seen here countless times in the States with Joel getting out to the early lead, Chad quickly making his way up to second. And then the, the two basically ran essentially the same pace and, uh, and, and maintained that gap between each other while checking out on the rest of the pack. However, the race had its own kind of uh, atypical occurrence, I guess you could call it as this race uh, was red flagged and deemed final after about 60% of the race was over. I think that there was like eight minutes or nine minutes left in the race at that point, but it was called over when it was red flagged for a down rider. So kind of anticlimactic Casey. Um, but we did get that one, two result that we needed. And, and that was the most important thing for, for us, uh, Americans. Yeah, it was exactly what we needed. And, and, you know, Chad needed it, you know, I think, mentally just getting out there and and getting himself in that situation and and pushing through it and you know it was it was huge for us to go out there and go one two yes did the the race got cut short it was kind of like you know it's unfortunate a rider went down down that downhill Mm -hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't pretty um i i wasn't back under the tent back at the container prepping bike getting ready for the next for the last moto Mm -hmm. but just kind of hearing over the radio we we always have someone in the tent in case you know something was to happen and we need to get ahead of the game and get things out or whatever it is or if they need something up at the starting line and then just kind of making sure you know people stay out of our pit area and things don't walk off or whatever it is so we keep our radios on us the entire time when we're in the mechanic, you know, when we're out on the track, obviously. And then when we're back in, mm-hmm. in our pit area. Yep. So just listening to what's going on. And then it's like red flags out, red flags out. All right. Riders all kind of rode up. There's a little state of unknown. Like, are they going to call the race? Harb comes over the radio. The race is over. It's over 50%. Riders, mechanics go back to the truck. So like, you almost get robbed of that, that like glory of winning the moto because kind of cut so sudden. Yeah. But at the same time, like that moto is so pivotal for everyone and, and going into the third moto, like we're like, okay, cool. Now we've done what we need to do. We just got to go do this one more time. We don't have to be perfect in this last moto yep. because we were perfect in this moto and with Bryce's one, and they're one, two, like we're, we're doing good. We drop, you know, we drop Chad's uh, DNF out mm-hmm. and we're really good in score. As long as we don't have like a DNF and we just have, you know, two solid results in this third one, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to lock this thing up and bring it back to the U S. Yeah. So it was such a weird deal um, because so the red play comes out and I know, you know, we're past halfway, but not like by a ton. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, like, how is this going to work for a restart? You know, are they going to single file it or, or whatever? And yeah, next thing we know, like it's, 
yeah, we're past 60%. We're going to call the race final. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, like it feels like the race wasn't even that far into it, but we get the one, two scores that we needed. And, you know, so after that first moto, we were seventh overall as a team after that one, we were second and, and knowing or hoping we're going to drop that, uh, that first moto from Chad, we're, we'd be even better than second. So, um, so yeah, we came out sitting pretty after that second moto. So team USA rebounds in a major way in moto two with Joel Hatcher taking the win followed by Chad Weenan. And with one moto remaining, Team USA sat in the runner-up position, like I said, behind the defending champs, Ireland. And it would be up to Joel Hattrick and Bryce Ford, now your guy, to bring home, uh, you know, bring it home, bring home the title for for us at the Quad Cross of Nations. And uh, let's do another vibe check. So how was everybody feeling heading into that final moto? Uh, I'm assuming at that point, you know, it, it, from afar, to me, it was like, you know, okay. Like only one left still have no room for error necessarily. You know, you're always worried about a DNF or something, but uh, I would assume that that quiet, quiet confidence still, still was kind of a, kind of a thing at that point, heading into that third and final moto. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the jitters were gone. We got a couple motos under our belts. Bryce, you know, obviously was on cloud nine, Yeah. you know, but Joel was under the web. And so that, that set, that, his first moto, Chad's second moto, but the second moto of the day, getting cut short in reality for how rough a shape oh, Joel was in. It helped. Really yeah. was almost like a benefit. You sure. know, and we didn't look at it like that then, but I'm like sitting back and reflecting on the day and, and talking with you is really the most I've talked about, you know, the day to day or the, the mm -hmm. hourly events that we went through and everything that kind of gone on and told the story yeah. like this in depth. Yeah. But really, like sitting back and thinking about that, that was almost the best case scenario for Joel because he was in the same boat I was. And how he performed the way he did, feeling the way we felt. Yeah. I, you know, that dude's tougher than nails. I, he's tougher than I, I could ever imagine being. So, sure. Um, I got to give it up to the, you know, to him and, and everyone, the whole crew. I mean, we were all under the weather for sure and mm -hmm. some you know it wasn't covid or anything like that it was like a stomach bug mm -hmm. which i've had covid i'd take that over yeah over the stomach bug any day of the week right um but yeah no i mean the pressure is built the pressure is on we have to perform well in the last moto but at the same time you kind of know you know you've done second row starts Bryce is going to get to start first row this time. Joel's going to have to, you know, start second row. Both of them are relatively great starters. Yeah. So you kind of know in the effect that, like, just go out there and do your job, boys. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost done. Mm -hmm. it, like, we got, you know, 30 more minutes and, and we're done. All the pressure's off. We can pop the bottles of champagne and the boys can celebrate and we can have a great time. Yeah. And so that was kind of where we were at with it. And, you know, Harv was keeping us updated the entire time. Bryce rips the whole shot. Joel comes out like mid pack, makes quick moves. And then it's like the race is on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Bryce is out front. Joel's second. Joel ends up getting around Bryce, you know, and relatively like no fireworks. Like, I mean, it was just like a clean, quick pass. Bryce locks in with Joel and they just kind of go. And at one point, I don't know if like Bryce just started playing smart 
I really didn't get to talk to him much. I, I still haven't talked to him much since the race, but it seemed like like midway through that moto, one of the other riders like was pretty close mm-hmm. at one point. And Bryce like, oh, crap, and like had to drop the hammer and get away. And uh, excuse me because I, I cannot remember the, the guy's name. Randy Naval. Awesome rider. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'd like to see him come over to the states and and race some too, because I mean his his speed was really good. Yeah, and yeah. you know for a couple laps there, he gave Bryce all he could handle, and then Bryce kind of snapped out of whatever it was and dropped the hammer again and pulled back away from him, and we cruised on to an amazing victory. And I I think like you know obviously Joel's been there and won before. Chad's been there and won before, but for Bryce, I think it was really cool that he rode the third moto because you get to see that checkered flag. Mm-hmm. You get to feel the win mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think that was a really cool experience for him. And I, I think the scenario, the way it all went down worked out perfect for him, you know, starting second row and working his tail off to win the moto, all that kind of stuff, you know? And I think where, Chad and Joel are so seasoned and I feel like we, we talk, we're, we're talking more about Bryce's experience over there or, you know, more about Bryce over there. Obviously I was you were side wrenching side with him. Us. Yeah. I mean that a whole yeah. lot more. Yeah. So my story's going to come from that perspective a little bit more, mm-hmm. but still very close with Chad and Joel. But I think for those guys, like they've won it, you know, so many times now that it's, it's still, what you would always want it to be. And it's still a huge accomplishment to those guys, but it's mm-hmm. just like another race win. And I, and I've said it before. I think these guys need to start embracing wins, embracing moments more. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job. And, and, you know, they got up there and they got to celebrate and they did that stuff. But I think for like Bryce, like this is a lifetime achievement for him. And I think it was a life goal for him to be able to go over there because you got to figure since he's been pro, you know, he got to see these guys go over and win as an amateur. Mm -hmm. And so he got to set those goals. When we started doing this race back, you know, years ago here, Joel and Chad were already pros. They were already expected to go over there and do it. Now this is a goal for the young riders to get to do. And Bryce is the first one out of that group of young riders that were amateur when we started going over there to get to see what, you know, did they want, he watched and seen these guys win. And he, I think I can relate. Like I never got to go over there. I wasn't a mechanic anymore. I never got to go. I didn't think I was ever going to get to go as a mechanic. Yeah. Could I gone as a suspension guy or, you know, would I go as a suspension guy? You know, if, if Bryce didn't ask me to be his mechanic, I still would have went to be a, his suspension guy and be there for him and Joel mm-hmm. and, and, and the team and in every aspect I could, but to be able to do it as a mechanic, because that's my background, I got to watch these guys. And, and, in all honesty, like I was jealous of the other mechanics that got to go. Mm-hmm. I got to accomplish a lot of cool things. I've been to Europe and raced in Europe and won all over the world, but to go represent my country, was a huge factor for me and I didn't think it was ever reachable mm-hmm. and so to do it and I think that's where like our perspective of my perspective of how Bryce views it is probably similar because we both got to watch these guys go over and win 
and and be jealous that we weren't there doing it and now we got to go do it yeah yeah for sure i mean i think that you know any any nerves that were felt or pressure or whatever um was calmed very quickly uh, in large part due to Bryce in that third moto because he r- comes out of the gate rips the whole shot gets out to that early lead sprints out to that early lead in the third and final moto and then you know and then Joel you know kind of comes up on him makes that quick pass like you said and the rest was history so this just seems like the perfect time let's talk to the man of the hour without further ado here's Bryce Ford joining us here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast All right, guys, I could not be more excited to talk to this next guest following the most notable day of his racing career brought to you by DP Brakes, a longtime staple of the ATV industry and the world leader in centered brake technology. And DP wanted me to remind you that they are currently accepting resumes for sponsorship support. Uh, You can email them directly to Larry at dpbrakestm at aol.com. So shout out to DP Brakes, your presenting sponsor tonight of reigning quad cross of nations winning team member team usa's bryce ford joining us here on the digging deep atvmx podcast what's up buddy welcome back to the show and congrats on a weekend in an experience that you will never forget pal yeah thank you so much for having me on i'm super excited to just recap uh the the whole mx and nations or quad cross of nations um weekend it was one that i'll, I'll never forget and one that you know, really is going to stay with me. And I'm, I'm really excited just to go over it. Yeah, man. So when I say Bryce Ford, quad cross of nations winner with team USA, what does that mean to you now? There was a, there was time spent there where, you know, you're probably dreaming like, man, I hope this actually, you know, actually happens. Hopes that I hope everything comes together, goes according to plan. Now we can sit back and say, you know, quad cross of nations winner with team USA. What does that mean to you? It means everything. Um, honestly, just just training for that and just focusing to be the best that I can be. Um, and just when we qualified, I got second. Um, and I, I knew that I just needed to focus on myself. And if I started up front, um, I needed to do what was expected of me and, and pull a good start. And um, Sunday when I won, I unfortunately started second row, but it was it was still great. Um, just to pass through the field and and just work my way up and um, go across the checkered flag. I had no idea I won. Um, I got to the podium. <laughs> they told me to go down there because I thought Chad would be down there, so I was gonna congratulate him. Oh, so you I didn't know my... you didn't know he broke? No, so I no, so I was. That's honestly the most hyper focused I've ever been in a race. And yeah. um, I get to the podium and Hart's like, "You won." Chad had a, a mechanical problem and I was like I honestly just sat there for a second and was like <laughs> wow you know it was a it was an awesome feeling knowing that I won without mm-hmm. even knowing that I was leading so yeah. the whole time I was racing I was racing um the underdog and just I didn't stop I didn't get tired at all just because the atmosphere there is is insane mm-hmm. um but yeah, just just winning there, it was it was insane. The fans were awesome. Everyone was stoked. I I honestly cried after the podium, just because to get that win after all all the hard work and all the years and and everything I've been through, it it really hit in and, and kicked in and and it just 
it was amazing for sure. It's funny because, you know, when you're on the podium and we're seeing your interview, it does seem like you're a little shell shocked, you know, like, I'm like, man, like you could tell, like you were happy, but I'm like, I expected more excitement. It's probably because, you know, you're just processing that you won at that point. Well, when, when you crossed the finish line, you didn't know you won. That makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. I was for sure blown away. Um, and just riding, it was like, 28 minutes 30 minutes or you know something like that um I was prepared to do whatever it took um and just I felt amazing I was obviously a little exhausted once I got off the track but it was it was insane um and just the experience that it, it still gives me like excitement like I could go run around right now just thinking about it but yeah, it was super cool. I was I was blown away, honestly. I thought Chad got such a big lead from me being, you know, behind and he and he did have that lead from what I got told, but um he had a carrier problem. Mm-hmm. And just to just to be able to, you know, um perform for the team and and make it happen and and really put us in a good position. Yeah. That's something that, you know, I would love to be a part of and and it came true. And I was just manifesting the days before to to get a moto win because the opportunity I was given with the two other riders starting behind me or, or one other rider, you know, mm-hmm. but they're the two best to ever do it. So I just I knew I had a great opportunity and and I just did my best and it ended up working out for me, which was amazing. So now knowing that you didn't you know, you didn't know you won that first moto changes, you know, everything, at least in my mind, a little bit, but I said on race day that I thought you were the most pivotal team member because in the first of the three motos, like you just said, so Chad goes out, he DNFs and now you're forced to put the team on your back. You put the team on your back without even knowing it. Right. So, uh, in my mind, like, you know, you go out there, you charge to the front, you win this opening moto of the 2022 quad cross of nations. Uh, you know, I'm like, man, it's got to feel like you're dreaming. And I'm sure it's, it was great after the fact, the more you processed it, but at the time you didn't even know. So I'm thinking like, did, you know, he sees Chad break, he knows he's got to get max points, blah, blah, blah. And, and you just naturally went out there, win the moto, don't even know. And, and it's actually kind of adds to the story a little bit. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing is, is Harv was like, did you see the pit board? And like, I was reading the pit board, but, um, it was, it was insane. Like, I, I don't know if I blacked out or just was like, I don't know, but I, I lost like all everything off the track that wasn't in front of me, you know, like I was just focused. There was a clock by the finish line. I didn't read that thing once I saw the two board come out um, and I just kept charging. Um, but yeah, I just, I had no idea. So the feeling of just pushing the whole time and, and feeling really good. I don't know what the lap times showed, but mm-hmm. I felt good the whole time. I, I might have slowed up a little bit at the end, but um, I, I felt amazing. And, and just to to be there for our team and and to be able to uh, pull through it, 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 that's something that, you know, even meant a lot to me, not only just winning, just everything about it. 
Yeah, for sure. And again, like this is a memory that you're never going to forget. And presumably you're going to get more opportunities to race, you know, on behalf of Team USA mm -hmm. at these events. At the same time, man, what an awesome memory to have in your memory bank. So, uh, so that's incredible. So uh, one aspect that I didn't even think of, I didn't even, I would have, this would have never crossed my mind. Uh, but you kind of filled me in before we hit record on, on our conversation here was that, so you you were like the group one, like you were the, the first group of, of riders. Right. And that was the most stacked group. So to be in the most stacked group, and then, you know, we, we know you win that opening moto and you finish, you know, second in the, in the third moto, we'll get to that, but you know, you win your group in that one. So to kind of come out at the top of that group, like that's another feather in your cap, the group that featured the most, the most stacked riders, you can kind of give us kind of that list of the, of the, of the guys that were in there, but that was something I didn't, uh, I didn't even think of, but that's another feather in your cap there yeah so just going into this event um there were you know and just throughout the years i've heard big names like kevin Sarr. i've heard of harry walker mm -hmm. um just you know uh mark mcclernan yep just a bunch of you know good riders and um saturday i look at the look at uh, our race entries and and i see a lot of those big names in mine and uh there was one rider who who I didn't really hear much about, but I have a lot of respect for and, and really caught me um, Saturday. Uh, Randy, I'm not sure how to say his last name, but he's from Belgium. Yeah. Randy, rode, Randy Naveau. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote, he wrote amazing. Um, and just, just a bunch of good guys. So to go out there Saturday and, and not get a good start because I started second row. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I was in second and uh, Randy was in front of me and I was pushing. I was, I felt comfortable with the speed I was pushing and I saw that that I was catching him around a second a lap um, and he was like four or five seconds ahead. So I was happy with what was going on. And one of the burns just grabbed my right tire and, and I got stuck. And, and I don't mean like, you know, where you're just like barely stuck. I was I was like really stuck. Barely. And, and I was I was rocking the bike side to side as hard as I could. Um, and it, it took off and, um, I had to blow the burn completely, but if it would have been a couple more seconds, I was going to have to get off cause it, it was buried, but yeah, I got back going and I was in fourth in that situation. And, um, I got up to second and there was three or four laps left. I looked mm -hmm. at the clock. It said four minutes and Randy had a good gap on me then uh, about a 12 second lead. So I just I just really wanted to to put it together and stay in second for my first race over there and, and starting back row. I was I was happy with that. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that, you know, we have a good team behind us. It's not it's not lay it all out there and and you know, you know, mess up the opportunity or, or mess it up for the whole team because we all have to pitch in and we all have to ride super smart for you know for us to win. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Randy DeVoe, uh, pretty damn good rider. Seems like you guys found each other on the racetrack all weekend long. You know, he won that, won that moto where you got stuck in the berm, the qualifying race. Then he goes two, three in the motos. He was only beat by Americans. So he comes out of nowhere kind of, and, and rides really well all weekend long. But you had mentioned to me, uh, just the, the talent over there in general, 
that, you know, those guys are fast. And, uh, and I wanted you to be able to get a chance to touch on it here while, you know, kind of in this conversation, because those guys are no joke. And, and then if you think about like some of those guys are, you know, sand riders. So this isn't even like their, you know, most preferred soil type, especially guys like Randy Navo from Belgium. Uh, I mean, they're, those guys are no joke over there. No. And yeah, that's, that's one thing I'm glad you touched on. I just, I respect all those guys, all those guys that even show up to that race. Um, I know in the U S there's some people who think that, that, you know, some of those guys are, are not as good or not as capable, but it showed um, over there. And when we just raced that, you know, all those guys are super good in, in the top 10, those guys are fast. Like it's, I was catching some of them, but I wasn't even blowing by them because they were, they had the good line and they were pushing a good speed to where it wasn't super easy to just cut out of the race line and, and just blow by them. So mm -hmm. it was, it was honestly uh, insane for me because going over there, I, I didn't know anything, but I knew those, the big names that we hear about in the U S um, just from the big name riders in Europe. But there were a lot of guys I was really impressed with. I, I can't remember all their names, but just it's, and I've heard that they're getting better mm -hmm. uh, in the years, you know, but it, it was just super cool to see the competition over there. It wasn't weak by any means. And those guys are definitely, if they weren't that good before, I can tell you they're getting really good. And <laughs> some of them are there. So I, I definitely was on my toes and, and had to really focus. Well, in, in another hurdle, and again, I, I told you this earlier, uh, but another hurdle I think about at this event is you don't know these other riders necessarily or not many of them, you know, you've seen Patrick Torini and some of these guys, but for the most part, you don't know, like their, their intricacies as a rider. So, you know, you know, when you're battling with Brandon Hogue or, or Nick Janusa or Jeffrey Rostrelli, Max Linquist, you know, how those riders are going to race you and you know, what makes those riders different than each other, you know, some of their strengths and stuff like that. And over there, man, like you don't have rider profiles for each one of these guys. You're not watching tape on them. Like each one's a little bit of a question mark. And, uh, that's gotta be a little bit in the back of your mind too, you know? So, um, that's like a whole nother hurdle. Yeah, it was for sure. And, um, I've watched years past, um, and there's, there's been some, you know, a little bit <laughs> dirty of a, of a, of a rider with the U S but I, I knew that going into that. And when I was passing lappers or when I was passing through the pack, I made that, you know, I kept that in the back of my head. If, if you're going to pass someone, you, you better pass them. You not like don't play with them or sit next to them. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, with any of those guys, all, all 40 of them or 35 of them, whatever we raced, I just, I took all of them the same. I respected all of them. Like they were, like you the names you mentioned a brandon hogue a max linguist you know mm -hmm. even joel and chad i just when i passed those guys over there i i didn't you know i didn't play with them and i knew that they were out there in a race too um no matter if they were you know getting lapped or, or whatever so i just took it super serious and when i passed them i passed them i didn't you know mess with them or anything mm -hmm. like that so yeah. it was it was honestly really nice going in there like that because you don't know what to expect. But after Saturday, I promise you, I, I knew what to expect Sunday. And I, I didn't sleep super well because <laughs> I knew that like I had to be on my A game and, and do everything that I could to, to be able to, you know, hold down the fort for the U.S. And, and be able to, you know, do what we need to do. 
Yeah. Well, you sure did that. Um, how weird was it to start on the second row behind another rider? It was pretty crazy. Me and Joel um, did some like practice starts and we simulated that same thing. Okay. And um, when we did the practice starts is all I can tell you is, is that start was pretty rocky. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this, this really is going to suck. Cause my arms were, you know, hurt and I got hit in the face with a rock, but um, it was, it was something that was so different because the way they go to the gate, it's like the first front row goes up and then like two minutes, three minutes before they drop the gate, the second row goes up. So I went right behind um, Chad okay. and he already had my gate prep. So I just pull in and it's sort of something that I didn't even get nervous about. It was like, all right, you're here. And then next thing I know, the 15 card, 15 second card goes up. And then they have a five second card that goes up and you you rev it. The gate's about to drop. So I really didn't have a lot of time to think about it. But looking back on it, it was it honestly wasn't wasn't bad. Um, Chad pulled a really good start. So I knew that. And I knew that, you know, from this year's nationals that he he's very good at starts. So I, I believed in him and trusted him. Um, so I just as soon as I saw the gate move, I dumped the clutch and and uh, went with it. Um, but there was a little bobble in the first turn, so it pushed me back a little bit. But all in all, it was it was not as bad as what people think. But it's it's definitely crazy when you look over and there's like 40 of you on the gate or, or once again, how many ever, 32, whatever mm -hmm. it was. It's crazy seeing that many people on the gate. Well, and on Saturday, you weren't you were on the second row behind not an American. So, yeah, uh, so that that's uh, that that's not like it's not a, you're trusting, obviously, of Chad or Joel or whatever, J Chad, in your case. But when you're starting behind somebody, you know, nothing about. I mean, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. So that's that's something that was talked about as well. Um, like we need to go behind a country that we we think takes it very serious. And um, sure. Ireland ended up getting the first pick. Um, so we went behind Mark McLernan and um, I, I personally felt that he was there to win. Um, and, and team Ireland is, you know, they're a professional team. So mm -hmm. I don't think they would do anything out of the ordinary to try to affect us. So I felt comfortable starting behind him. Um, so it, it was, it was actually really nice for me though, Saturday to start second because I got, you know, the worst of the worst right off the bat mm -hmm. and I passed all the way to second and then I made that little mistake, but then got back to second. So it was super, uh, nice starting second, but it was definitely like, you know, a little nerve wracking at the time, but, but at once I got to Sunday and then I started second first moto, it was, it was really nice. Got it. Well, that wasn't a concern for, for Moto3 because you had first pick in that one, right? You were on the front row for that one. But knowing that uh, this was the clinching Moto, was there nerves heading into to that final Moto there? Because now, uh, I mean, now it was for all the marbles and there was, there was no room for error without the, without the throwout that was used on Chad's Moto. So what were your thoughts or nerves going into that third and final Moto on Sunday? Um, after the first Moto... I felt pretty confident and if I just put my head down and really focus on myself, um, it would all go good. The only thing that affected me off the track was there were a couple riders getting sick and yeah. it was happening to a lot of people mm -hmm. and I'm sitting in that container and I'm the only one not sick. <laughs> and, um, 
I didn't need anything all day. So riding the first 30 minute moto, that probably wasn't smart. So going to the gate on the third one, I really didn't have a ton of energy, but I knew what we had to do. Um, so just sitting on the gate, I knew if I, I got a really good start or pulled the start, I would put myself in a very good position. Um, so that's that's what I focused on. And, and I honestly banked on that um, just to believe in myself and, and pull starts like I have before. So I just pulled a really good start. And, um, yeah, just uh, got first off the start. And I knew, Joel, if I got a good start, he would be, you know, top five. And, and yeah. Joel is, is very good at passing and, and can make it happen fast. And I think, you know, three or four laps in, he might – or two laps in, he was in second. And then by the fourth or fifth lap, he was on me. And I just – in that in that time, um, he he's, he's obviously – his speed is insane and, and he's a, you know, a great racer. Um, but I just, I wanted to be super smart. I yep. was, I was, you know, stoked to be leading for a while and have him behind me. That's, that's what I could dream of, you know, helping the team this way. Um, he put, you know, he went to the inside and, and I, you know, I gave him the line and, uh, he took off, um, and I just tried to drop in behind them, but I was I was struggling on the uphill a little bit with suspension. It was the rear shock was a little bit stiff when the track got rougher, and that's an adjustment. That's my fault because I felt when the track was smooth, the stiff suspension was really helping me. Um, so I just I didn't want to change anything, but uh, it didn't work out in my favor in the third moto. And then at the bottom of that big hill, there was there was a big hole, and uh, Joel ended up popping his right tire. And uh, I popped mine as well. Um, and it, it definitely made it a little bit tougher uh, for Joel. I heard him say after the motor, you know, it, it was – I don't think it – you know, he would have lost because of it, but I definitely think he thought about it, you know, and it might have slowed him down a little bit. Um, but I, I didn't even realize I had the flat tire because I was started slacking a little bit. And uh, Randy passed me um, right by the mechanics area. He went outside and passed me. And uh, I knew I had to, you know, put a wheel in and I, you know, sort of showed that wheel and he, he backed off. And um, once I got back in front of him, I just, you know, really laid the hammer down um, because I wanted to have that perfect score for the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I just focused from there, um, you know, and just it was it was awesome. But just to ride with all those guys and, and even Joel and Chad, you know, it was it was insane for me. And it's a, it's a experience that, like you say, I'll never forget. And, mm -hmm. and those moments, the whole weekend, the fans there were insane. I was signing, you know, kids foreheads. They wanted <laughs> after the third moto, they wanted my, you know, every part off my bike, I gave away, you know, a lot of stuff. And, and you could see Mark was like, uh, uh, but I was like, you know, this could be a once in a lifetime thing for me next year's never you know guaranteed not with nations just with anything in life mm -hmm. so yep. i just was living in the moment and it, it it was crazy um just super grateful i got the opportunity to go and and i pulled through um i felt good all weekend so it was just 
it was amazing. Yeah, dude. I mean, you managed it so beautifully, you know, after you rip the whole shot, obviously any nerves go away, you get out to this quick lead. And then when Joel gets up to second, I'm kind of wondering how it's all going to play out. You, again, you manage that beautifully. You didn't race them too hard. You didn't get anything sketchy. You settled into your pace. And then, you know, Randy comes up, Randy Navo comes up and um, you end up, you know, getting them back, which is, you know, all racers know that's not the easiest thing to do. Right. So then you throw the hammer back down, uh, kind of get the, achieve the perfect score for the team. And it's funny because in, in your soliloquy there, you use the word dream. And that's literally what I had written down on, on my sheet here, that it was essentially a dream ride for you, uh, a dream day for you. So, you know, in that final moto, you and Joel are out there for the clinching. It was the clinching moto one, two, uh, you clinched the fourth quad cross of nations title for the American squad. So take me through the emotions as you cross the finish line, Bryce, because this time, uh, the first one, you might've not known you won the moto. The second time you knew that this was, you know, you guys had just clinched the thing and it's pretty special to be on the track for that. So tell me, tell me what those emotions were like when you knew, Hey, we just did it. And you did your part in a major way. You slayed it for your team. Tell me what that felt like when you crossed the finish line. Oh, it was awesome. Once I had Randy, you know, push me and pass me and then pass him back and, and finish the weekend off strong. The emotions were actually crazy. Um, once I passed the finish line, I just held the clutch in and held it wide open. <laughs> I felt like I just, you know, won a, a AMA title. Um, just something that is, it was, you know, I led laps there. I, you know, won the moto. Just, it was crazy. Um, but once I took my gear off and everything, it, it really started to set in. And just to be a part of, of this great team and, and to be a part of, you know, a, a winning team, um, it was amazing to me. And there's just, you know, it meant the world to me. It really did just to, to make it happen. Cause I know there's, there's been a lot of you know stuff going on throughout the year with me. Like I had struggles, I had lows, but that, that whole weekend was all highs and it really opened my eyes to, you know, what I need to do. And um, I'm going to try to, you know, make that happen. But just, there's so many people, like, I don't want to forget like Casey Greek, he was the mechanic for me that um, at the quad cross of nations and, and he did an amazing job. The bike was always ready. I had, you know, foam under the frame where I wanted it. The, I mean, just everything was ready. He, he was so excited, you know, holding the pit board out. I've never, you know, had someone hold the pit board that close to me, but going by the mechanics area, I thought I was going to get hit a couple of times. <laughs> um, just the whole experience, you know, you know, just everyone, David Eller for getting the helmets painted, Mark for, you know, everything he does hard for, you know, making it all stay together and being the glue to the whole thing. Sherry and, and Cindy, um, just my, my girlfriend is a, just like Ian for everything he does. If you go there, it looks like, mm -hmm. like a, a legit setup. Like we do this every weekend and it's like Ian, you know, gives the, the canopies and, the graphics and the t-shirts and the hats and just, you know, just, just everyone, everyone, all, you know, Michael, Chad's mechanic, Jim, uh, Joel and Chad, just it like, and I know I'm saying a lot of people and, and it's not like I'm on a podium or anything, but it was, it was a, a memory and a moment, uh, a moment of a weekend, like a whole weekend that I'll never forget. And just all the amazing fans, like people coming up to me, 
they were all positive. They were super excited to see me there. Um, so it was just, it was something that I'll, like I've said a million times, I'll never forget. And I'm yeah. so grateful for, for all those people to be there and to support it. Um, it, it really, really, you know, made that, you know, why I want to race and, and this is why you race. Um, so it was, it was super special and just, I'm, I'm grateful for everyone involved and, and mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the, the thing is, is like, there is no better feeling than setting a goal and achieving that goal. So you, in, you know, you set out for something with, you know, your teammates at the at team USA, but you guys set out for something, achieved it. And then you didn't just like do your part for the team. Like you, I mean, overperformed basically your part for the team to win a moto to lead laps to just be so in control of of your destiny uh on that weekend was so special to me it stood out to me and then the other thing so you compare it to an ama title you know and that's something that i'm sure that you're going to experience someday one of these years but I still don't know if you're going to get like, like you're going to be that hyped with your family or with your crew, but at the, at a team event like this, when it's for your country, like it's, it's so, it's such a group, right? Like you're all on that high, like you're all yeah, on that natural that's, high. That's, that's what's, you know, awesome about it is it's like our country. And it just brings me back to like, like the Olympics and just the history of our country that, you know, I've always been taught in school and, and like just everything about it. Like you're, you're representing the U S you know, it's not just yourself and Baldwin and, and these, right. these other companies it's, you know, it's, it's a thousand racers, you know, 10,000 mm -hmm. quad racers, whatever's in the U S you're mm -hmm. representing. And, yeah. and I, and I understood that. And, um, I was, like I said, when I was there, I was, I was focused. I was, I was ready to honestly do whatever it took. If, if my, you know, helmet would have flied off or flew off or, you know, my handlebars would have came off. I was figuring out a way to, you know, make it happen. Like I was, I understood, you know, what was going on there and, and why I was there. So I, I took it, you know, serious and, and that's what happens. Um, I just, yeah, I need to be more focused in other racing scenarios. Just, I performed on the biggest stage of my life. And, and I performed how I should. Um, and it was just super cool to, to feel that and be able to do that because I didn't stop training after Loretta's. I, I slowed down a little bit, but I didn't stop riding. I didn't stop working out. And I've had motivation problems before in my career, mm -hmm. but I, I understood why I got selected and what I needed to do. And, and it all worked out, but I feel like, you know, good things come to those, you know, who, put in the effort, put in the work and always do the right thing. And, and that's what I've really always tried to do. And just to see it happen. Like, that's why I cried after the podium, because yeah. it's not about proving those people wrong or, or what those people say about me. It's, it's for myself, just seeing that, you know, maybe this person doesn't believe in you, but it's the people who have helped me, everyone I'm representing, you know, and I made it happen on, on one of the biggest stages. It's not just, you know, a national stage. It's a, it's a worldwide stage. So mm -hmm. there's so much to it. And, and it, it, it really means everything for me to go there. And I, like I've said, this isn't a, 
you know, this could be a once in a lifetime thing for me. I'm very fortunate to be chosen. Um, and it's just, it, it was, you know, yeah. surreal and insane. And Well, buddy, I think, uh, I think that that's why, you know, you and, and everybody representing team USA makes us so proud. Like you showed, and it was very apparent throughout the whole thing, how much it mean to you and, and to go out there and know, like, I'm willing to do whatever to, to make it happen for my squad. Like, obviously, uh, as, as fans and, and, you know, as, as supporters or whatever you want to call all the people that, you know, s- supported team USA, maybe, you know, bought clothing or, or donated or whatever, been a part of the riding schools, all the people that, that, uh, that, that supported and believed in team USA. Like that's like you wearing your heart on your sleeve that way. makes everybody so darn proud. Like I was, I was so amped after you won that first moto that I felt like, like I was emotional. Like I felt like I had done, it. you know, it was, yeah, it was amazing. That, that's something that's really cool to me. And, and I feel like you understand this, you know, what I went through and what it felt like, because, mm-hmm. you know, you've raced for such a long time and you've been a pro you know, you've been in a lot of situations, but I feel like for other people, you know, people were a little bit worried, but at no time uh, during that event, I doubted myself. Like when I blew a burn, I was definitely saying to myself, like Bryce, like, come on, you can't do that again because, you know, that's happened before this year. But it just, this, some of the stuff didn't even cross my mind that's crossed my mind before. Um, just because like, like I was out there, you know, to, to represent a whole country and I understood that and just like, it, it was, it was honestly, it was crazy because in the 30 minutes, I didn't feel tired once and just, yeah, I understood what, what I was there to do and, and it all, all worked out. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I, I am going to ask this question though, like this is all, this is all positive, but I have to ask, uh, you know, cause I know you're not dwelling on all the stuff leading up to it. But after all the talk and after all the debate of, you know, over the course of the last few months about this whole thing and if the right selection was made and all that stuff for you to go out there, absolutely slay it for Team USA and delivered in the biggest way possible has to literally be the best feeling. You know, it has to be the best feeling imaginable, not even not even in a way to, you know, shut them up like like, look, I did it kind of thing. Not even that just to do it when it was being called into question. I can't imagine a better feeling. No. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I don't want it to, you know, seem like, and that's not why I did it at all. I know. I know. You know and no, no, no. I know you're just, you know, but like, I, I'm just so grateful that, that I made it happen for, you know, our whole, you know, sport and everything. I don't, you know, the people can say what they want and think what they want, but, but I, I truly, you know, put my heart out there and, and everything, you know, and, and just to make it happen, it, it was like an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, and yeah, it's, it was, it's insane still to think about. And like, I've been enjoying life. I got on, on a scale two or three days after, <laughs> and I was like eight to 10 pounds over what I usually am. So hey, rightfully so, rightfully yeah, so. I was, yeah, like the food was tough over there, but I I found some some good food over there, but in Austria, but it was just it was, you know, and it still is. It's a, it's an amazing amazing thing for me and super positive. Um so I don't, you know, I know there are people 
out there, but I didn't even really think about the negative Good. stuff. It was I'm just glad. like, and I went back and looked and you made a post about, you know, the, the day I had and, and it was all positive stuff. And Oh, and heck yeah, stuff, dude. There, a- there's, Hey, I said to Brooke, not to interrupt you, but I said to Brooke, we're sitting in the, in the car and I say, man, look at how cool this is. Look at how much things have changed. Not a single negative comment, just everybody hyping you up about yeah. how great you did and how good you did for team USA and all those things. Like I, like the brand of Bryce Ford and all the people that, you know, are fans of you. And like, I, th- I truly think that whether it's these conversations and how well you did over there wearing your heart on your sleeve telling people exactly how you feel and that you know it hurts when people say certain things about you and whatever just being so real um i think that that one means a ton to people and two like people are starting to learn who you are you know i i truly believe that and so i'm like man how cool is this that everything's flipped totally 180 and not a single person could say a bad thing about how that weekend went for you. Cause you slayed it. And I, like I told you last time we talked, I'm like every single one of these people posting all this BS, they're going to be cheering for you that weekend. And you gave them so much to cheer about. Like, like I said, just what a, what a dream scenario. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate you keeping it positive and really, you know, always, you know, want me on the shows and believing in me and, you know, it, it really means a lot to me. And just going and looking at like your post, it's like, you know, someone really does see what, what it, you know, what goes on and, and Dude, it's, yeah, it's, you deserve just, it. you it's deserve super, it. it's super, super, you know, badass for me. Uh, just looking at some of those comments on there, I, I know the people because they came up to me and I remember their face just because I try to be super, you know, personable with with everyone that I talk to mm-hmm. and um, just to see like names that I can't even pronounce or, or say you know they they you know they met me over there and they, they see you know what it's all about and I'm sure they've been following you know you and the sport for a while and just to see them stick up for me and comment and it's just it's super badass um, for me and, and that's what drives makes me you know want to do this again and just yeah so after Not eat the bad food I've been eating, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, they're uh, like, like I said, you, uh, you have every right to do that right now. You got to live it up a little bit. So, um, so you kind of touched on it before, but don't you think having gone through this, having experienced this, having banded yourself together with, with Joel Hetrick and Chad Weenan for this event, having like all the growth, I'm sure that's promoted, you know, from an event like this high pressure situation, all, you know, basically like our country, you know, you're representing our country, all the stuff that comes along with that don't you believe like this is going to pay dividends for your racing career going you know 2023 and beyond like i would think that this could this has the opportunity to take you to a whole nother level like you just experienced totally different kind of pressure totally different kind of like race scenarios and all these things like i just got to believe that that creates a lot of growth for you and you know like i think like this might be this might promote you grabbing another gear you know right like that's at least how i see it from my perspective for sure it'll it'll really help with me with just like you know everything just like going into a race day just not stressing as much knowing that that I'm capable and just like seeing the way those guys work on a race day I know I'm sure they didn't you know go as hard as they do at a national or train as hard but just getting to you know sit in the same area as them and just see the way that that they handle this because they've been doing it for so long and and I'm over here, you know, shaking because I'm so nervous. I, I didn't really feel that, but I was definitely a little nervous. But just seeing them and like they they understand that, 
you know, I feel like if they're on their A game, they feel like they have a very good opportunity at winning the moto or, you know, making it happen. So just there's a bunch of things that I learned that, you know, I don't, you know, <laughs> want to say because I don't know if it's, you know, 100% true or, you know, if it's like for people to hear. But it's just it was super good for me to like, you know, be beside them and learn because that's what I felt like. When I was working with Thomas, I got to see another pro and and he sort of like showed me the way. Um, and then I, you know, haven't had that for a while. So just to see, you know, the two top guys, the way that they do it, it, it really helped me. And and just to see that I can perform, um, you know, no matter where my fitness is at, if, if I focus and, and, you know, really yeah. try, it's, it's doable. So. It, it opened my eyes and, and made me realize a lot of things. So I just need to focus next time this opportunity comes around, which is going to come quick it, it next year at Daytona. So, mm -hmm. well, that was, that was kind of my thought, pal was, uh, was, you know, just, just the fact that you, knowing that you've done it now, like on the biggest stage, just to know what's inside of you, I think is a, is a big thing. So, uh, like I said, I'll echo it again. I'm so proud of you, buddy. I know so many of us are so, uh, kind of ending on this. So tell me about Europe a little bit. I know you spent a little time there kind of previous to the event. You spent some time there after the event, you got to, to live it up and celebrate a little bit and cherish it kind of, you know, all those things. So tell me about Europe a little bit. We know the fans love to see you. You talked about that already. You said the crowd was amazing. It was insane. Uh, but, but, um, tell me about the, the European experience before we get out of it was it, it's definitely a little bit different um their breakfast they don't it's not super strong um but it's it's decent food um the house we stayed at the house uh, all stayed at a house so that was really cool but um I went to Como in Italy and that was an awesome experience just to see you know a beautiful lake and and get to celebrate my cousin getting married um oh, okay. and then we went to Austria uh we went to the Red Bull Museum um that's definitely something that's really cool to see they have a lot of you know not Formula One cars but the the cars to get up to that series so okay that's really awesome and just to see the way that those cars are built you know just things like that um but it's it's a beautiful place uh, it's definitely a little bit different living than the U.S. I feel like they might be behind in time uh -huh. um just on some of the things but it was it was very nice to you know step back out of the chaotic uh you know ways of the u.s and just very fast paced mm -hmm. dinner or lunch takes about three hours anywhere you go <laughs> um so it was it was it was you know a lot different but it was very nice and the the racing made it all worth it and just mm -hmm. getting to spend time with with one of the best families at the racetrack is, is always special to me mm -hmm. um just you know everything ian does letting me go to austria with him and and see that part of the part of europe it's just it's super cool well yeah and and again 
Um, the fact that, you know, you extend your season by, you know, six weeks or whatever it is training for this event after the American series ends, uh, all, you know, the sacrifice and the pressure and all these things, you know, after all that, for me to see some of the beautiful photos of, of you and Isa, all the cool places that you were. And then, uh, I had said to you before we hit record on this thing that I was talking to Ian last week a little bit, and he, he told me that you guys were still over there and that you were still, still vibing, still, still riding that natural high, uh, from when the event it just it made me feel good uh you know it made me like after after everything after everything that happened and then for you to do so well and then to get an opportunity to you know vacation over there a little bit and and still ride that high and cherish it for a little bit longer um man i i just it made me feel good because after after everything and and the way that everything went down i don't think that there's anybody that deserved it uh deserved it more than you did. So, uh, if you, you know, obviously I know the answer to this question, I'm going to ask it anyway, though. So if, and when given the opportunity, you know, you're right back, you're, you're team member for, for team USA, uh, every time you're asked, I'm sure. Yeah, I would, I would love to go back. I know there's, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't talk about that because Harv's obviously, you know, our referee and just, mm-hmm. you know, the manager, but I would, I would love to go back for the U.S. I would represent them or if, if they needed help with anything, you know, I would love to be a part of the team and, and just to be able to go once. Um, it was, it was awesome. Um, everything about it was, you know, something I'll remember. So if they ever need help or, or if I get the opportunity to go back in years to come or, or whenever, I would love to go and, and represent us again and, and I'll do this, try to do the same thing again and, and have a solid weekend. Oh, dude. And, and, um, I think that you truly helped your cause obviously with doing as well as you did. Uh, I think that, like I said, I think that that helps your cause for going back for sure. But, uh, again, buddy, we're so proud of you proud of the way that you represented our country in the sport of ATV motocross racing here in the States. Uh, thankful for the way that you performed for our squad. So, so yeah, man, you're, you're the man. I'm so grateful that you're willing to come and spend a little time with us chatting about it and, uh, man, what a victory. So, uh, just can't thank you enough for for sharing this time with us and telling us all about it we're so freaking proud of you pal yeah no thank you for having me on and and thank you to everyone who supported team usa like you said bought merch um you know bought the the live stream just everyone who was a part of you know supporting it and um congratulating me or anyone it, it you know that's I really appreciate it. And, and it was really something that I'll never forget. And I cherish for the rest of my life. So yeah, it was one, you know, something I'll never forget that weekend was amazing. Um, but thank you for having me on. And, and thank you for always being a positive um, and fair person in racing and, and give me some, you know, of that, you know, just show what's really going on at the track and, and you know, my hard work. I just try to give you and everybody else exactly what they deserve. Right. So, so I, I try to treat you exactly how you deserve and pal uh, again, thanks so much for your time. And uh, Hey, you keep, you keep living it up. You keep kicking back a little bit. You keep riding that natural high, have a safe off season and we'll see you soon. All right, buddy. All right. Thank you, Cody. Awesome, man. That's Bryce Ford, winner of the Quad Cross of Nations with Team USA, presented by DP Brakes, right here on the Digging Deep ATMX podcast. See you, pal. Thanks so much. See you. Thank you. Insurance. It's not something everyone likes to talk about. But let's face it. If you race motocross, it's something you should have. 
Integrative Financial Concepts is an independent financial service and insurance firm who offers moto-friendly insurance and helps out riders like Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Joel Hetrick gain confidence on the track. With their unique safe-to-race and safe-to-ride programs, if you qualify, they have the ability to offer life insurance with living benefits to those who ride. With these living benefits, you may have the ability to access a portion of your life insurance policy while you're still living for things like cancer, heart attack, stroke, or chronic illness. They can also help with many other things, such as home, auto, motorhome, and trailer insurance, as well as college planning, special needs planning, payroll processing, as well as group health benefits for your business. So whether something happens on or off the track, Integrated Financial Concepts has you covered. With their complimentary one-on-one appointments, what are you waiting for? Reach out to Mike Daniele at D-A-N-I-E-L-E underscore Michael at nlgroupmail.com today and see how integrated financial concepts can help you. Living benefit riders are supplemental benefits that can be added to a life insurance policy and are not suitable unless you have the need for life insurance. Riders are optional and may require additional premium and may not be available in all states or on all products. This is not a solicitation for any specific insurance policy. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late-model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group. Until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you need not worry about harming your engine or suffering a premature end to your ride no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and other power sports equipment, when conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. 
Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the tracker trail. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save at evanscoolant.com. Thanks for listening and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. In the end, uh, just as we posted on Sunday morning, Team USA wins the, the 2022 Quad Cross of Nations as Joel Hattrick and Bryce Ford go one, two in that third and final moto in the Czech Republic. And I'll echo what we posted then. I mean, I'm so proud of our guys. The, you know, I'm thankful for the way that they represented us in the best way that they know how victorious and triumphant hell of a job by everybody involved. Joel Hattrick, Bryce Ford, Chad Weenan, the entire team USA crew, including you, Casey. So tell me about the emotions then when this is achieved, um, the guys cross the finish line, they, they win the fourth quad cross of nations title. You're a part of that. It is a major, major part of that as a team mechanic for this one. So tell me about the emotions following that final checkered flag. You know, really it just like lots of high fives, hugs, congratulations over the radio, you know, everything that you would really typically expect. And I, and I feel that's probably my only regret of the entire trip and I, and I couldn't handle it or I, I couldn't change it mm-hmm. was because like, I felt like such crap that like, I never even got to like celebrate it. Sure. Like getting to the podium was a feat at that point. Like, but the, the adrenaline had wore off, like everything, you know, at that point's done and you're on a high, like, you're just like, we just won. Like, this is the greatest feeling ever, mm-hmm. but you feel so bad. You know, I felt so bad. So it, it really took away from that ending experience. We still got to do, you know, the podium and, and got to see all that kind of stuff. And and that was amazing to stand there and see, like, our guys stand on top of the podium. The joy that it brings me now, I feel, is better than what it was right there in the moment. Sure. Right yeah. there in the moment for me, in all honesty, it was like, where's the closest bathroom? And where can I sit down and get, like, I had some back issues going on too. Okay. So, like, I had, like, all, it's just stupid. Like, it, it really sucks. It took a lot away from the ending of my trip. Sure. And, yeah. and what should have been, like, just pure excitement. But, like, it was, yeah, it was like, where's the closest bathroom? And then how fast can I get to the podium? And I need to sit down and relax for a second because I'm, I can barely move at this point. So, yeah. You know, you muscle through it, you, you you fight through that, and you get up there and you put a smile on your face and you high-five everyone, give everyone hugs and congratulations and, you know, tell everyone good job. And then it's pretty much you get off the podium, all the celebrations are done, and, and that was cool. Like, I, the guys really embraced that side of it. And, I mean, I think Bryce was soaked head to <laughs> every – all nine champagne bottles ended up on Bryce's head up there, I think, at one point in time, mm-hmm. which was really cool. And and he embraced it and, like, lived that moment. And and that right there, like, standing back and watching, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I got glassy-eyed. Like, yeah. I, like, sitting watching those guys celebrate, and I'm like, we freaking did this cool. And the experience that I got to have and and – for Bryce to get to experience that for the first time and be there for that. And Joel, you know, he missed his daughter's birthday, you know, like there's just so much sacrifice that goes into us going over there and doing this. It's not just all fun and games. Let's go over there and have a great time. 
mm-hmm. and we'll and we'll race on the weekend. Like there's a lot of work and sacrifice. Oh, so it's just fun. like a release yeah. almost of just like all of it decompresses. Yeah, and and then honestly, like I have such a small part in everything that went on, where like the hard work really comes from the inner circle there of you know really Harv and Mark Baldwin like they got to pack the container they got to do there's so so much behind and Sherry and Cindy coordinating the hotel and cars and how everyone's getting there and how when everyone's leaving and trying to orchestrate all that stuff that's really the hardest work of it the race gets all the glory but the guys that are really pushing behind the scenes to make this thing happen is really where the hard work and and why we're so successful over there. Yeah, for sure. So there's a few things um, to touch on there. Obviously so much work by everybody involved. And this is one of those things that we touch on in sports. I know we've touched on it in this show. We've touched on it on a lot of shows. Um, The, the winning of the event, especially an event like this, where the Americans come in as the favorite, we address that on the, the previous episode on a preview show. It's one of those things where in sports, where, um, you know, if you were to fail and the Americans have never failed at this event, but if they were to fail, that devastation would hit a lot harder than, you know, than the, the high of winning it hits because we're expected, you know, there's that standard, like there's the, it's like a relief almost like, okay, we did our job. We won. So for one, like, it's awesome to, to see the guys embrace that. And, and Bryce included, I was chatting with Ian Harris from SSI the other day. And he said, cause he was still over there or maybe still is now with, with Bryce and Isa and the rest of the family, the Harris family. And uh, he said that he had just heard Bryce, you know, playing the queen song, you know, we are the champions still days after <laughs> the event. Right. And, and I think that that's the coolest thing that, uh, that he was still riding that high. It's, it's amazing. Um, it's a shame for you, Casey, that you weren't able to kind of appreciate it the way that we know you would have. Um, and it's, that's not even the right way to say it because I know how much you appreciate it, but not to, not to live in the moment or enjoy it the way you would have. And then the other thing to piggyback off of that, cause we know how it affected you now after hearing that. But the one thing that I kept hearing was, man, I can't believe Joel wrote as well as he did being as sick as he was, or the, the, the couple of people that told me that they got sick then, like you did saying, man, I don't know how Joel did. It. And you basically echoed that same thing to me earlier. So that is uh, a credit to Joel too. Like we know he's cut from a different cloth. We know he's an alien. We know he's unlike basically anybody we've ever seen before, <laughs> but the fact that he went out and did that and looked like his normal self, even though he was sick as a dog, like man, that's, that's just a whole nother added layer to this, the story and the lore that will come with, you know, this, this story, this fourth championship as, as time goes by, it's like the, the Jordan flu game or whatever, like, you know, uh, Joel went out there and didn't miss a beat perfect one, one day for him and helped team USA secure this win. But, uh, man, this is going to be another one of those, uh, another one of those races for team USA at the quad cross of nations that goes down in history. And it's not going to be one that anybody forgets. So Casey, this was uh, your first time as a mechanic, but you've been a part of these quad cross of nations 
um, teams and stuff in the past as a, as a suspension guy and whatnot. But um, the one question I wanted to ask you, you know, now maybe living it even a little bit differently as a mechanic, and this is something that we did touch on on the preview show, but it sure seems like those Euros over there just love seeing our American riders come over there. And I wanted to ask you on, on how that was from your perspective. You kind of touched on that. Everybody just wants to see the team be a part of it, even talk to you guys, but still feel like that's what hits me from these images and videos of them, you know, walking around you guys, you know, in all your team USA stuff, team USA branded clothing. It's like, man, everybody just wants a, a little piece of you guys when, when you're over there. And that is, uh, something that I think we shouldn't probably take lightly because, you know, we're so, so proud of team USA and proud as Americans, but, uh, that's something that like is so normal for us yet, you know, when you go over there and experience it and for you probably seeing the way that these European people, riders and, and fans and teams alike kind of look at view and, and respond to you guys, like kind of puts back in perspective, just how, how uh, lucky we are to maybe be Americans. And, um, and then obviously for you to be a part of a team like that, it's gotta be a, a pretty, pretty special thing. We, we are very lucky and we're very spoiled with being Americans and, and our, our ATV motocross family, like we're, we're all a big family. And I think um, some of the fans are almost numb. It, the easiest way as, as you were going through that all, and I, I was thinking about what I wanted to say on yeah. how I could pay enough respect to the fans over there. It's like having 3000 super fans there it was what is the first thing and and the thing that kept coming to my mind like sure the fans are incredible the the kids i mean the autographs they they just idolize those guys and i think a lot of them you know because bryce is young like they a lot of the younger kids really took to bryce heavily because you know they they're on the same demographic they're both younger looks like one of them yeah yeah And so one thing that he said to me, he's like, the fans are just amazing. Yeah. He's like, we don't get this at home. Like, but, but Casey, so, so we touched on this, we touched on this a little bit, but right. Like these guys are so accessible here. So you don't get that big, that big pump. So, um, I think that's gotta play a role. Our, our fans and, and, and our people that are at the races are almost numb to our top professionals because, they're just, it's just Chad. It's just Joel. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, they're just normal guys. Yeah. They're not these iconic superstars Mm -hmm. that they are over there. And, and the other riders, I mean, we're, we're swapping hoodies with other teams and (laughs) and team shirts with other teams, like with other mechanics and, and riders and the, and the riders are swapping jerseys with each other. Like, cause we're just as big a fans of them as that of Mm -hmm. them as they are of ours. Yeah. And so, to, to get to meet you know, Mark McLaren, like obviously we got to meet him over here and we're spoiled because we have Patrick Torini and, you know, Patrick come over after the race. And, you know, obviously I talked to him throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I work with him obviously on the suspension side. So yeah. I yep. visit him in the mechanics area, just like I would in the States. So some things don't change, but, um, you know, getting to meet these other riders, getting to, watch you know kevin Sar ride in person like i follow that guy like 
Oh yeah. He's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. And so lining up next to him and, and getting to meet him and stuff, like I got mad respect for those guys. And so do our riders. Mm-hmm. And there there's friendships that are made between these guys that are going to last forever. And so the, the fan base there is just, I mean, it's unreal. The sidecar thing is sick. The, the winners of the sidecar um, MXON, they come up as we were kind of getting off the podium, shaking all of our hands and all of our guys' hands and congratulating everyone. And, you know, mad respect. You know, they, they gave us so much respect as, you know, we poured back to them. And I think that's the coolest thing is, you know, maybe here we need to be, not be so numb. I don't say we need to put our riders in a cage and make them, you know, to where they're not accessible. Mm-hmm. But that was the big thing that stood out to me is right. the fans were so electric. And I, I think that's like Bryce's high through the weekend. Mm-hmm. was the fans i mean he, he's sitting over in the corner with kids like taking selfies on their phone like i, I don't know it, probably yeah. swapping phone numbers with these kids like he's probably <laughs> still texting them right now like <laughs> he's like i want to come over here and race like this is so much fun like mm-hmm. just we had thousands and thousands of stickers shout out to ian at ssi like we had the coolest stuff and like little pit boards and mm-hmm. stickers for each rider and so much cool stuff that these guys got to just sign and sign and sign. Like I asked Bryce at one point, I'm like, you getting riders cramp? He's like, my hand hurts. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. signing t-shirts and, you know, even us as like mechanics, like we're signing autographs. Like I've never done that in the States. Mm-hmm. Like signing autographs for, for fans that are there right. to watch these guys race and stuff. So yeah, really cool. Really yeah. cool experience. Yeah, you know, and it's one of those things that takes me back, and I've thought about this a lot over the years, especially, you know, with all the conversations that being uh, on the podcast here, having the podcast is prompted. But, you know, you're so right. Like, obviously, these guys are accessible, but they're accessible to the people at the races, at our races, at the ATV Motocross Nationals. Um, so so that crew that's at all these races, like you have a, you know, most everybody's got at least some kind of connection or, or friendship with the guy in the pro class or whatever, as a kid in times were different and maybe they were viewed differently because there was more factory teams and all those things. But as a kid, like we didn't, like I got to go to one national a year or whatever. So when I would see Doug Gust or John Natale or Joe bird or name everybody down the list, Corey Ellis, Dana Creech, like all these people. I mean, I've said it on the show before, but like, to me, it was like they were Ricky Carmichael or, or Michael Jordan or Brett Favre, like name, whatever sport, you know, like in my mind, they were absolutely no different. And there are people out there, whether they're stateside here in America or they're in just not at the races, don't get to see their favorite pros at the races every weekend, or they're across the world. There's people out there that are just as hyped as I used to be to see Doug Gust to see our guys now. And I often think that I'm like, man, like, the people that get to spend uh, every weekend at the, at the ATV motocross nationals are spoiled because there are people out there. And I was one of those kids that would cry because like, it didn't make sense to me that 
all these other people got to go to all the races and, you know, we got to go to one a year kind of things. Like, I just wanted to see my, my favorite riders, um, so badly. So, uh, so yeah, that is, that is cool. Kind of just tying that up. Like that is such a special thing to see, um, you know, to see the way that our guys are embraced over there. So team USA actually ends up, you know, despite that DNF early, they end up notching the perfect score with uh three firsts and two seconds that's the perfect score with joel hetrick going one one bryce going one two chad going a drop two uh so that was the perfect score there which uh was achieved despite that that early dnf which uh was a hurdle to get over um ireland the defending champs we've talked about them a little bit they came home with second overall this year and the french team finished third so awesome stuff great by great job by um all of those guys did any of the the european riders stand out to you casey at all um, we talked about Kevin Saar, obviously we talked about Mark McLaren and, uh, Patrick Cherini. Um, the one guy that, that we did touch on a little bit earlier, and he's the one that flashed to me, you know, if somebody was to say to me, which guy impressed you the most, and he may be the answer for just about everybody, but that Randy Navo, uh, from Belgium, I believe. So two, three, he went on the weekend. He he's the one that won the qualifying race against Bryce, uh, man. So to win the qualifying race finished second to Bryce in one moto finished third in the other one on Sunday. He only got beat by Americans. That was pretty darn impressive by him. And he's a guy that we touched on a little bit coming into the, the race on the preview show, but he's the guy that popped to me. And like you said, how cool would it be to see him come here to the States? I think that he's a guy that would integrate right into our series really nicely. So maybe we need to get Randy Navo over here um, and racing here in America a little bit. Yeah, he rode awesome, and that, that's that's who stands out to me the most. I mean, his speed was really good. Um, his starts were excellent. And so, I, you know, I think it would be awesome to see him come over to the States and, and get to ride with us, and, you know, hopefully I get to go back over yeah. um, to Europe for Quad Cross Nations next year, and I, I look forward to seeing him. I didn't really get to meet him. Okay. I, I wish I would have. Um you know, there's not a boatload of social time for us mm-hmm. over there when we're, you know, we're trying to do things and, yeah, you know, everyone's kind of focused on the job at hand. So, um, I, I gotta give him respect though. He, he was flying. As a, as a Belgian rider, I wouldn't want to see him on a sand track because those guys are gnarly on sand track. So I don't think I would want to see him right. on a sand track for sure. So uh, credit to him, man. He, he killed it, especially on a hard packed kind of track like this one was. Uh, so Casey, uh, two hours, we just about sat here and talked about this race, <laughs> not nearly, uh, or I should say much longer than I expected, but this happens every time I think that we get together to chat about these things and man, what a, what an awesome, uh, awesome event, awesome happening, awesome performance, uh, that this was to talk about. I do have one more question for you though. Uh, how did the experience compare to any expectations that you may have had coming into, uh, the event? Obviously you were sick, so it was, you know, kind of hampered by that a little bit. But how was the experience or how did the experience compare to your expectations coming in? I think it was everything I expected for sure. And and being that I've been over there, you know, before and kind of know somewhat of the culture. And I know a lot of guys, you know, I've worked with riders that are from, you know, France and Italy and stuff like that. So um, really it was about exactly what I expected. It was cool to stay in the castle, something different. It wasn't just like your normal holiday and express. The driving is definitely intense. Um, 
I could definitely reiterate on that one just because like <laughs> the roads are so narrow and stuff like that. But overall, I mean, I I am so happy that I went and it's a experience of a lifetime if i if i never get to go again at least i i can say i got to go i got to experience it and i got to experience at the top level mm-hmm. um for the fans from the u.s like if you can swing it that is probably the coolest race to go over and and support our guys you know i i think you know we we have a good following that usually comes over and there's a there was a good you know group of people there i think it'd be awesome to get even more people over there. Um, Harb and Cindy and Sherry do an awesome job setting up like a hospitality area for like all of our fans that come over from the U S you know, coffee, hot cocos and snacks and things like that. And, you know, just somewhere to like where you can sit down mm-hmm. and you just feel like you're back home, you know, you're, you're surrounded by all the awesome easy ups and, and the team USA stuff. So, you know, I think, a message that I would like to put out there, I guess, is I would like to see even more of our stateside fans come over and get the experience. One, you get to experience Europe. Go a few days early, stay a few days late, whatever it is. Come experience the race. Get to get to see our guys in, in all the glory and represent our country and get another experience with your family. And that's we talk so much about ATV racing and, and what it really means. And, it, and it's all experiences with your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh I think man just what a what an awesome experience to have in your back pocket. I know you've raced in in uh you've went to and been a part of races in Europe before, but man like I don't know, just to just to jump back in the ring as a as a mechanic and do this whole thing and come <laughs> away with a win just doesn't uh doesn't get much better than that. So so you do it again, Casey. If you got to ask say next year year after to do this whole thing again, mechanic again, you would jump back in and, and uh, not bad an eye. You'd, you'd jump in and do it. You'd say yes. If you would have asked me Monday morning if I'd go back and do it again, I probably would have told you no. <laughs> but uh, absolutely, I'll, I would do it until I was 90 years old. I mean, any any chance that I ever have to represent this country and represent the sport that we love and has brought me so much joy yeah. at that level or at any level in all, in all honesty. But, you know, really it's to get to wear these colors – and to go over there and represent and and work with a professional crew like that, it, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, well, we'd love to hear it. Um, there's no better way to end it than that, Casey. Uh, Casey, just want to congratulate you again on a monumental achievement, an awesome thing for you to be a part of, awesome to, to hear about it all here. Um, huge win for you to add add to uh, your long and lengthy resume, which is which is pretty impressive. And um, like I said, I, it's so awesome to sit here and hear about this, hear kind of some behind the scenes stuff and how it was all navigated and what all goes into it and what everybody was dealing with, all those things. I just uh, want to thank you for your time and willingness to join us so much. This has been such a blast, uh, such a such a fun time to chat about all this, something I've looked forward to for months at this point. As soon as we heard that you were going to be a part of this as wrenching for Bryce, it just uh, seems like the perfect opportunity for for us to kind of pull back the curtains and hear about it all. And uh, man, to have you just share everything that happened, um, man, iconic event, awesome to hear about it all. Can't thank you enough for all that. And again, I just want to congratulate you. And man, uh, shoot, like again, here we are, two hours later. Um, seems like it was <laughs> seems like it was ten minutes, realistically. But uh, man, just can't thank you enough for for all your time and for doing this one more time. It's uh, Man, it's been a pleasure. 
I appreciate Cody and um, anytime story time is always good for me. Um, I don't, I feel like we barely even scratched the surface on a lot of things, but you know, I do want to again, thank Bryce, you know, for choosing me to go over there is an honor. Uh, the Ford family and everybody, you know, thank you so much for trusting me with your, your child, your baby, your, your young adult, young man now, um, you know, and, and everyone that helped over there at, you know, Jim for an awesome experience because he didn't do much the entire time we were there, but you know, uh, Michael just for, you know, cool, a good experience. I haven't got to hang out with Michael much. So, you know, it, it was awesome to get to, to actually learn a little bit more about him and, and become friends. I think it's a, a lifelong bond that we're going to get, you know, Baldwin and Harv, you know, these guys are the guys that are putting the work in behind the scenes and, and really making this thing happen. So thank you guys. And, um, JB for being JB love that guy. And, um, and, and David, David Eller, the hospitality. Um, when I got sick of driving back and forth, he let me ride in his car with him. Even, even when I was feeling under the weather, he still welcomed me into his car with him and, and never even bat an eye at it. So, you know, there's a, it's a huge team, group that goes into it and and everyone that was involved thank you guys sherry and cindy for keeping us in line mainly but um i appreciate it cody i won't drag this thing out anymore um anytime you need me on the show i'm more than happy uh, we appreciate it so much, Casey. And and again, like you said, I mean, we're going to echo the sentiment that you just had. Thank you to everybody that pulls this thing together. As American uh, ATV motocross fans, we're so proud of our guys, so proud of everybody, uh, including you, Casey, and everybody that you mentioned for putting this thing together and representing us the way that you guys do. It's an amazing thing for us as ATV uh, motocross fans here from America. Um, so, yeah, thanks to everybody involved. Credit to everybody involved. Thank you so much for your time, Casey. Now, why don't you go enjoy the off season a little bit, Casey? Maybe uh, enjoy yourself a little bit because you've been on you've been on this crazy run now for a little while. Yeah. Um, next next agenda is a vacation in Cancun for my boy Tim Detling's wedding. So, yes. Yes. Uh, we're yeah. gearing up for that. So that'll be the first time that we ever really have been on a vacation. So. I'm awesome. more than ready and more than excited about that. Yeah, you deserve it, Casey. Well, uh, congrats again, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for your time. All right, thanks, Cody. That's, see you guys. That's Quad Cross of Nations champion mechanic Casey Greek brought to you by Blender's Eyewear right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at blenderseyewear.com. Thanks so much, Casey. We'll see you soon. Man, it feels like we've been talking about this event for the better part of a year, and we've been talking about it for a while, don't get me wrong, but it's somewhat sad that it's over. At the same time, what matters most is it ended in victory for our guys at Team USA. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners, CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. SSI decals, DID racing chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymar Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrative Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance programs, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterhouse Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DiggingDeep20 at Manscaped.com.
Also, one more note here, Blenzall, who you know we love those guys over there, ATV-friendly company, love Blenzall. Uh, those guys were an official sponsor of Team USA at this year's victory at the Quad Cross of Nations. And as a proud sponsor of the team and in honor of that, Blenzall is offering 25% off to our audience by using code TEAMUSA at Blenzall.com. So be sure to cash in on that. Thanks to those guys for wanting to help out the ATV motocross community. So support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find it all on our website, and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including our new Legends Never Die tees and the rest of our apparel line are all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. So check that out today. This new merch drop is so rad. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. You can give us a call using our voicemail line, give us your reaction to the show, the races, and or everything in between so we can play them on the show and react to what you have to say. That number is 920-569-3519. We want to hear from you, so give us a call, guys. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, coverage, and more fun stuff as we transition fully into the off-season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Chad Weenan, Bryce Ford, Casey Greek, Brooke Jansen, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to and making us the number one podcast in ATV racing with over 180,000 downloads last month in 95 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. USA, USA, USA. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad are freaking gnarly.